0: everyone. We're back. Welcome to Game Face episode 158 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. Everyone's birthdays are over. Yeah. We should be good to go uh, for the next uh, several weeks, at least a foreseeable future.
1: Mm-hmm. Sam, yeah, Sam's birthday.
0: Sam's is done. You're mm-hmm. done. I'm done. pack's done. We're all good. So the show should be rolling on regularly uh, going forward. Tomorrow, today for some of you who are watching the archive of this, is the dawn of a new day for Sifted. Our brand new Patreon launches tomorrow, today, depending on when you're watching this. Uh, Tons of brand new tiers, brand new goals, brand new rewards. Uh, If you've checked out our Patreon in the past, uh, I definitely suggest going back and checking it out again. Uh, There might be some tiers that you might be interested in. Uh, One of the big new tiers is You Own Me, which for $100 a month, you get an hour with me to do whatever you want. And one of you sis- sifters, listen though, one of you sister, sifters has been very smart with this. He has decided to pledge at that tier and then have me on his podcast. So if you're launching a podcast, you're doing something, you like to get me involved with it, maybe give you a little boost out of the gate. That's certainly one of the options for uh, You Own Me. So lots of new stuff there. Uh, give it a look. Hopefully you'll find some stuff that you like. Maybe you bump up your pledge or maybe you'll just pledge for the first time. Either way would be awesome. Uh, folks watching on youtube please check out our patreon if you can't do that please hook us up with twitch prime it literally takes a second and you can give us a free two dollars and 50 cents a month every single month but you do have to re-up it those directions are down in the description so it's been about a week and a half since we've done a show we have tons Mm. of topics to talk about i will say the show's weighted pretty heavily with nintendo this week because a lot of stuff has been going down but we also have a topic about microsoft we're going to talk about anthem for the last time Uh, So we have a great show, and I think there's something for everybody, Uh, but let's just jump straight into it, and we're going to talk first about Reggie. The Reginator. Reggie has retired from Nintendo.
1: His body is finished.
0: (laughs) His body is no longer ready.
1: (laughs) His body is ready to to relax. Now,
0: do you believe that? Do you believe he's really going to just retire and not do anything and just hang out with the family? Or do you think he was just ready to move on from... I,
1: I think he, that might be what he intends, but Reggie seems like one of those people that's got to work.
0: He seems like a go-getter, yeah. yeah. It doesn't seem like the type that's going to be happy to sit at home watching yeah. like, TV. I don't know
1: what he'll do next, but I'm sure it's not the last we've heard of him in some, some capacity. Maybe he won't be like a, an executive again, but I could see him... like writing or like writing interesting he's got i mean the man was involved with crazy stuff for a long time i'm sure he has some stories to tell oh yeah he could write a great book he would if he
0: hasn't signed about a billion ndas with nintendo
1: it would also you know it would be kind of interesting to see him like you know i don't know what he's i don't know what he's into i don't know him uh you know personally but like uh you know he could kind of do like a like a his own podcast, where he brings people on and talks about games, you know, whatever he wants to do, he he could do. But I feel like for the time being, he's just gonna run silent and you know enjoy life for a while because he's been, I mean, he's been uh, in the upper echelons of Nintendo for what fifteen years now. Yeah, through since some, the end of the through Game some Keeper. real crazy times for that yeah. company, the ups and the downs and the ups again and like you know, and the like, downs again. Yeah, you got. I mean. He has kicked much ass and taken many names, and I, I can see why you would want to rest. You know, he's he's not he's not uh, as young as he used to be.
0: Yeah, the day that he announced his retirement, we created a meme that said, uh, "No more asses to kick, no mm. more names to take." <laughs> Didn't catch on though, unfortunately. But uh, uh, here's the thing about Reggie that I think a lot of people forget is that Reggie is not a video game lifer. Yeah. He got into the games industry 15 years ago when yeah, he got he, the job at Nintendo. He's a marketing guy. Yeah, he came from, uh, I want to say Pizza
1: Hut. Or pizza. Yeah. It was a pizza company. Yeah, it was it a,
0: was, he, he worked for some other major corporation. I think you're right. I think it was a food company. I'm it was, sure it was definitely
1: pizza. I, I think, I don't remember which one it was. Uh, but he, he, uh, he I can't remember. I, I remember he was the one who introduced the Bigfoot pizza oh really remember that like the giant yeah, pi- yeah. like i remember that was like the thing he was like famous for when he first came oh, wow. on at nintendo i don't remember which pizza company that was i think that's pizza hut was that pizza hut yeah. i can't i can't remember <laughs> um but a lot
0: of people don't realize that he has not been in the games industry his entire no. career and but so like I, it's
1: a testament to his uh skill at it that you would never think that he's like, he well it shows he, you how he smart fit he's. right in yeah like, well he's he, smart he, yeah
0: he, he picked it up very quickly, figured out what the audience was like, what the audience wants. He figured out what Nintendo was about and yeah. what makes Nintendo appeal to its fans. And
1: more accurately, well, what Nintendo should be about and what it had kind of lost yeah. in those years before he came on. Because it was, I remember... Um, the 2004 uh, E3 Nintendo press conference, which I think is what, this we're is what you're at seeing right now. now.
0: Look at how young Reggie yeah. looks.
1: Young, fresh-faced, and full of hope.
0: And this was only what 12, 13 years ago. This is, no more this, than that. This is 15 years ago. It's like his first year on the job, I guess. Yeah. yeah. This is the, it was the first time we saw him, really. How about and how it crappy was... Nintendo's press conference is? Oh yeah.
1: Well, and also like how <laughs> crappy it had been. And all of a sudden, this dude. Look co- at these graphics. All of a sudden, this huge guy comes out on stage. And he's like, we're about kicking ass, taking names, and making games. And like, and everyone's like, what? Like, yeah. like, the audience, like, you know, it, this was the one that built from, like, everyone kind of sat, settled down for their usual, like, kind of corporate presentation. And Reggie just comes out and starts with rapid-firing sweet, trailers well, at people. He swore at yeah. Nintendo And we're or. like,
0: what the heck? Even though ass really isn't a swear word. And then, word, of course, but, not anymore. But at the, at the, the time, <laughs> saying it at a Nintendo
1: event was unheard of. Yeah. And then at the you know and then of course at the end he did the one more thing and ran the the Twilight what be, would become the Twilight Princess right. trailer and like grown men were crying on the floor of the theater. I was, it was like nothing I'd ever seen and I remember Seeing the first shot of that, and I realized what it was when I saw the 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 the, the horse legs, and I turned to my friend I was standing with. I'm like, "Holy shit, they did it!" Yeah. They, they made the real, you know, the, the realistic Zelda right. was the After like the, the holy grail for Zelda fans for years, especially in the wake of Wind Waker, which was awesome. It Was great. Um, yeah. but like that was the thing that people been wanting since that Space World demo for the N64, the the the, the game. was no, for GameCube, yeah. Um. The and, revolution, and there it was, and there it was.
0: <laughs> it is trippy watching. In fact, just putting together this B roll was a nostalgic trip for me. Yeah, in uh, just like for instance, like if you look at this hard enough, you can see my silhouette in the front <laughs> at this press conference. Like it's just, it was interesting to see how Reggie had changed, how Nintendo had changed, mm-hmm. how the industry had changed. How my life has changed. Much better. The lighting got. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's just look
1: at the colored light. Like, look at the look at the like. There, there. The effort there is not was not is pre- no precedent for that. Yeah. This is this is where it started to become a circus.
0: Yeah. This is where it started to spin out of control. Yeah. <laughs> this is where Nintendo went from like a 400 people in the yeah, LA live. Studio yeah. to like this big gigantic cavernous
1: yeah and like also like you know across you know across the way uh, the same E3 Sony's still putting on the executives coming out listing numbers for 20 minutes right. and then talking about Cyberworld yeah for like gonna, uh, <laughs> and it's and like this was it was a, you know Reggie turned it into kind of a party it was it was you could feel the the the, the electricity kind of in the room like building in a way that just didn't happen. At those things, especially yeah. not Nintendo one, because Nintendo was so buttoned down.
0: Yeah, buttoned up. You mean?
1: I remember the the first um, uh, the first one I went to was it was in a like a basement room in a hotel yeah. downtown. Yeah. There was like forty people there. Um
0: and I remember trying to get the live stream working in that room.
1: We, yeah, it was we, a nightmare. We, that was where uh, Sessler did the first in- live English interview with Miyamoto. Yeah. After that, um, yeah, it was it was where they debuted Smash Brothers and everything, and like. And where the Nintendo Joe guy got up and tried to ask that, yep. that weird like, <laughs> question in Japanese. No one could understand him. They never the, did a and a after the press no, that was conference the end of Q&As. again. Like, <laughs> like that, they never did that again. That was uh, it. Because the question turned out to be, do you like working at Nintendo? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And Miyamoto was like, I've like, been here
0: for my, like, 80 years. Yeah, of course like, I love what, it here. <laughs> it's like, what do you,
1: th- it's like, I created one of the most enduring things in culture. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I, it, no, yeah. I'm going to go to Sega next year. Yeah. I, I'm tired of succeeding.
0: I think I agree with you all in, in one respect about what Reggie is going to do. I think he will take a little time, but I honestly would not be surprised if Reggie takes a job outside of games yeah. somewhere else. Like He'll go to Kraft or some other major corporation, and he'll probably do a great job there. But he could uh, frankly
1: do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. And then, you know, I really, any company would probably be happy to have him. Yeah,
0: because he has the data to back up the job mm-hmm. that he did. Let's talk a little bit about the job that Reggie did. What was what was it that he was best at? I think he was
1: best at putting a human face on a company that is occasionally very hard to read. Yeah.
0: Um, well, if you go back, rewind to the GameCube era. Think about Nintendo then. There was Miyamoto. Anuma, you'd see every once in a mm-hmm. while, but it was really just like Miyamoto. <laughs> and then, of course, you had, you know, Nintendo of Japan, which was this very stodgy, closed-off type of organization. Yeah. I mean, it all sort of filters down from Yamauchi. Yeah. Um, you know, as they call him, he had the pimp ham, the way he ran Nintendo. He was very ruthless. And there is a And very isolationist.
1: Yeah. There is a ruthlessness in the co- corporate culture of Nintendo. You know, ask anyone who was at Retro when Metroid Prime 1 was made, right. and they'll yeah. tell you. You know, and it's for the good of the product yeah, I mean yeah. it's not like it's motiveless or just being mean to be mean they're doing it for a reason but um, it's you know Reggie was able to kind of uh, make at least the western face of Nintendo a little more inviting a little more warm and and kind of your favorite uncle is here to, to tell you about video games kind of yeah. thing. there's a little bit of that to that I think and um, and he was just sort of a very positive presence like uh, and and nothing nothing rattled the man like like he was just there to present Nintendo as this very positive, very upbeat, you know, company that wanted to make sure you had fun, and that was the whole point was we were about making fun games and and bringing people together to play them. I remember um, the' the year that they did the thing where E3 was everywhere was over in San Monica in like 14 different yeah. hotels or whatever. Mm-hmm. We had to go interview him first thing in the morning, and we get we get there and uh the crew doesn't have because we were all working out of a, of a home base the crew had didn't have any tapes oh, geez. with them so we couldn't shoot yet uh, and so we had to wait till and we were so early that we that no one was at the home base yet so we had to wait for people to show up and then bring tapes to us so we had like 40 minutes to, with nothing to do and Reggie's like well, let's play video games and like gets up and like starts showing Adam like all the Wii Fit stuff and playing like they, they just sat there and played games together for yeah. like almost an hour Almost any other executive in this industry would be like really you're wasting my time No, he bullshit. go he go right like,
0: back in his room most executives would Yeah, no, Reg, Reg- no
1: Reggie's like well we got time to play and like yeah. that's what we did we
0: played I-, I tweeted this the day he announced his retirement, but you know just countless times I saw him completely away from the press completely away from cameras he wasn't doing it because somebody may see it, but just him interacting with fans, mm-hmm. just being a friend, or playing a game with them, or whatever. You do not see executives mingle with the fans, mm-hmm. hardly at all. And it was effortless for him. And going back to what you were saying about what his biggest achievement was, I, I think his biggest achievement was helping, with Awada transform Nintendo of Japan because i feel like reggie came onto the scene he was this affable, friendly, still competitive, still had an edge to him, but he was fun. Oh yeah. I mean, he was still playing to win, but yeah, he yeah. wasn't but he wasn't going to step on you right, to do that. Right. Right. And i i think Nintendo of Japan saw that and was like, "Okay, cuz he he became a star like overnight. The mm-hmm. kicking ass and taking names thing from yeah. day one. It People was the up. most
1: chatter about Nintendo in a post E3 like week that i'd ever heard. Like it was it was he turned around
0: the perception of that company. He changed the tone of the company almost yeah. immediately. And I think Nintendo of Japan saw that and started to change its tune. And I think like we're just now seeing Nintendo relaxing its policies on YouTube. We can run Nintendo trailers now and Game Face and they don't get copyright copyrights. Stri- I think that is just one of a million trickle-down effects of mm-hmm. the job that Reggie and Iwata did in concert to kind of turn... NOJ around and make them a more fan-friendly consumer-friendly company and one that people feel comfortable getting excited about like Nintendo was just kind of this weird I don't even know how to explain what it was Uh, It It's mysterious and I think in a lot of ways that's good Or at least it used to be good and now I feel like with the way things are with social media and everybody can Have their say on everything. I feel like that's the wrong tactic to take and I think Nintendo has evolved to become a company that's more palatable to that new audience. Yeah. And I think Reggie is a big reason why that happened.
1: Yeah, like I don't think you get that Nintendo Direct where all the top Nintendo guys are Muppets yeah. without Reggie oh, no having way. been there. Oh, no way,
0: like, no way. I think in a lot of ways, he was kind of the company leader for a lot of years there. I mm-hmm. think the the company at large was looking to him to make decisions. And you know, as Iwata became ill and wasn't as involved with the company anymore, I feel like he probably stepped in and filled that void. Um, so, you know, it's weird because you think about people in this industry and and it's very easy to kind of pinpoint like a very specific thing they did. Mm -hmm. Uh, this developer launched this game that was groundbreaking. Uh, this executive hired this team that did X, Y, and Z. This guy came up with an idea for hardware that ended up being copied by everybody. But with Reggie, there is no thing like that. Mm -hmm. It's more of a... An aura thing and who he was, his presence, him. him. Yeah, Yeah. it really was him. It wasn't what he did. It's who he is. Yeah, that made a big difference for Nintendo. And it's
1: funny that like like it does. You see from 2004 to like 2006 in the beginning of the Wii era, um, you see kind of the like Nintendo's sort of uh, outward-facing culture kind of changes from sort of that like you said that sort of mysterious monolith that they were for like most of the 90s to. Um, kind of accepting the idea that their fan base was very devoted and very willing to, like, you know, you know make Nintendo... The Nintendo is a brand kind of part of, a, like, their lifestyle more than just, like, a thing they enjoyed. Well, they started... And,
0: look, they started doing the directs. Yeah, they started they, doing the Reggie treehouse had the, stuff at E3. Yeah, and
1: Reggie had them kind of pushed to, to embrace that. And I think uh, even at the time, like in in the end nintendo was sort of ahead of the curve in terms of how brands interact with people on social media because social media yeah they a went from last to first yeah <laughs> like i don't think like you know i don't i'm not saying that like wendy's twitter took a direct inspiration from reggie Fizame yeah to like do what they do but i think that tone was part of what reggie introduced to nintendo and i can't recall another major company that had that at the time yeah You know, he, he was a pioneer in that sense now don't get me and wrong it worked yeah, it worked work. so well
0: and don't get me wrong, Reggie did some amazing things in his position yeah. as well. Like he, when a lot of people would say, you know, the, it's time to ship the 3DS down the river or whatever, he, he saw, mm-hmm. when he first came in, he saw better than anyone the power of Nintendo's handheld business because then it was just gigantic. And I think he learned that his first year on the job, and that stuck with him the whole way through. Because people were like, oh, you know, why are you still pushing the 3DS? You got the Switch come in. He's like, oh, whatever. I'm putting out four four new colors of the 3DS. Or we're making this crazy 2DS thing. Or we're going to make, like, the third iteration of the 3DS hardware with, like, a little, like, he kept pushing mm. the envelope when a lot of people were like, Well, Sony's bailed at that point. Sony had basically put out the Vita and then gave up like a year and a half mm. later. Everyone else was telling him they're crazy for still producing a handheld. And, and Reggie just kept doubling down and being like, You know yeah. what? We'll put out a new color and we'll sell another 300000 mm. And he stayed the course. He, he learned very quickly. In it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I
1: remember when they defeated the 3DS, like going to see that with him. Yeah. He, he was touring Adam and those guys and like, He he was. You could tell he was like personally excited to show people this thing. Like yeah, and and um. Even
0: though the first version was a hunk of junk. Yeah,
1: but at the time it (laughs) wasn't. Yeah, it was was a pretty. I remember looking into that screen and being like, "That's magic." Yeah, magic. How is witchcraft? Yeah, Yeah. how do you do that? And uh, and Adam turns and goes, "How long have you been working on this?" And he goes, "Since the Virtual Boy." (laughs) <laughs> like, like, they wanted to do a, a good 3D, con, like, handheld for yeah. as long as they have basically existed and they they think they finally got it. And it was yeah. like, and you could tell, it was like, it was like real pride and excitement yeah. for him to be able to show it this It blew my people. mind the yeah, first yeah, time I totally, looked at it. I was totally. like,
0: what? 3D with no glasses? How do you do that? Yep. Somehow they did it. They did it. And they did it better. And then they, and they, <laughs> and then they got rid of it. And <laughs> they did it better, and then they stopped doing <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then they just ditched the feature altogether for, the, like, the later run. But, uh. Yeah, I think we're going to miss Reggie. Like, yeah. it always sucks when you lose a personality like that in history. Who's Who's left now? Like, of the big three, none of them are as charismatic as Reggie. No. no. I mean, you think of Phil Spencer and Sean Layden, they're not. They're fine, but they're no Yeah, they're, they're fine. No they're, they're great people to put on a stage and talk about something, but. I don't know.
1: A lot, A lot of the big
0: personalities are gone now. Yeah. I also feel like the industry just isn't as competitive as it used to be yeah like there's really nobody kicking ass and taking names anymore yeah it's like hey can we work with you so that we can all make more money like that's kind of where everything's
1: going there's a lot less of a um of of that cutthroat i mean it it was in the in the 2004 around that era that kind of mid-2000s era there was sort of that feeling of like there's only so much like you know there's only so much market and we gotta fight for our piece of it yeah and now there's more of a feeling of like this is just kind of going to go go on forever, right? Yeah, it's (laughs) like the
0: console wars are only for the fanboys now. Like, the companies don't really participate in it anymore. And it's dumb to participate in it anymore. You're going to make more money if you find ways to work with others so that you can just... And we're going to talk about it later. Yeah, which is a a later there's a topic later on where we're going to really talk about that. So, um, you know, I think Reggie, he, he did a good job of having one foot in the old... Nintendo way, mm-hmm. and then having the other foot in the future and driving Nintendo towards that future. And uh, I don't know if Nintendo would be in the position it's in right now if it wasn't for Reggie. I don't think they would. I think, yeah.
1: I think Reggie and Iwata are the key figures through that whole period, not just because they were in charge, but because they had the vision and they were able to work together to reinvent this company that i think a lot of people if you ask them about that kind of thing like you know 10 years before would never have thought that the, that company could be in, reinvented that way
0: and all they really did was just connect with fans yeah i mean awada started doing the directs where he literally pointed at the camera and said direct to you you mm-hmm. and me it's me showing you nintendo's hot shit and then they do the treehouse stuff where they actually show developers from nintendo for the first mm-hmm. time ever other than miyamoto
1: yeah there was there was a people I mean, maybe some people might be too young to really remember like the times and like the you know, in the, the NES Super Nintendo days, even the N sixty four days were like it was basically the Wonka factory. Yeah. Like you didn't see inside of it, no one came in or went out. Like, Except it was, like, there
0: were no golden tickets. Yeah, it was no way <laughs> there know, weren't even like you know, five. You didn't know six. who
1: made this stuff. Like you yep. did you know, it, it was there was no transparency at all. Yeah, and I mean
0: even Miyamoto back then was an unknown. Barely, he was making yeah. all these games and most people didn't know who he was. So It's just been a huge tonal shift for Nintendo over the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, And it's paid off. It's had two gigantic hits. It's had the Wii. It's had the Switch. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I also admire that Reggie had to go through a tough time at Nintendo. The Wii U was a disaster. And I think him coming in at the tail end of the GameCube era helped him and prepared him for the inevitable sag during the Wii U era. And I think Nintendo in general did a much better job... Transitioning out of the Wii U into the Switch mm-hmm. than it did transitioning yeah. out of its prior failed consoles. So I,
1: I don't think that's a question at all. Yeah, for sure.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, how many companies could actually survive after a product like Wii U? Any period. Not a lot in this not, day. I mean, not even to talk about games. Just yeah, generally, just anything, yeah. if you put that much into a product and it fails, what are your chances of survival after well, that?
1: Well, luckily Nintendo's got uh, a pretty big war chest. Yeah. To fall back on, but
0: uh, yeah, I mean, it's got like Apple money sitting in yeah. the bank. It's just billions and billions of dollars of cash. But and Nintendo never does anything with it. <laughs> it yeah. really doesn't. Like it never acquires anyone. It'll make little acquisitions yeah, here and yeah, there. They bought
1: Monolith. And, yeah. Uh,
0: and how many years ago was that?
1: Many, Many. Quite, quite a few. Many, yeah. But you know, I, I think the 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 key thing with Reggie for me is that he uh, he left the he left the place better than he found it.
0: He absolutely um, did, which is yeah. all you
1: can really ask in the end.
0: And I'm sure there's a lot of people who work at a NOA that are very very thankful for Reggie mm-hmm. because. NOA was basically just run by NOJ for decades. Yeah. And then he came in and kind of add a little cachet to the point where hey, they're kind of their own entity now. If you think back to Howard Lincoln, who mm-hmm. was the head of yeah. NOA for years and years and years. He was the old guard. He was a guy yeah. that hated Sega, hated PlayStation, yep. always made comments that were untrue that would try trying to make Nintendo look as good as possible. He was the old console system wars yep. leader of nintendo look at all these things that never happened on the wii you know? oh i know i know <laughs> it blows my mind when i watch this trailer still and i'm sure nintendo they're out as well you know it didn't last as long as it was supposed to <laughs> and then a lot of things that they show in this that did come true ended up being nowhere near as compelling yeah as as it looked in this video but did that, uh, ever
1: ha- did that happen did that gun thing come out uh, i don't
0: recognize that I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't remember playing that, that's for sure. No. But there's a lot of things in this video that that actually did that come That did out. happen, yeah. Yeah. But what, uh, that was the example I was talking about, when it's like it wasn't as fun when you played it as it looked in this no. trailer. <laughs> it honestly
1: didn't look all that fun to
0: begin with. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, Reggie has left himself quite a legacy in the games industry. Well-deserved. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's been through it all. He's been through success. He's been through failures. He's been through... A market essentially disintegrating that was 50% of Nintendo's business and still put themselves back on solid footing. Um, And just on a personal level, the many times that I interacted with Reggie, um, that's a total mock-up of the controller right there, by the way. Look, that is Hmm. fake. There's no analog sticks. (laughs) It's totally fake. I never noticed that until like years and years later. Uh, But just on a personal level, the many times I interacted with Reggie or saw him interacting, in all honesty, for the most part, catching him when he didn't know anyone was looking. That, to me, is what impressed me the most about Reggie. I remember after they showed the Wii U at E3, um, all the journalists got to go back in this room in the back. And they had Wii U set up, and they were... Anyway, I could tell stories about that for for days. But the reason I brought it up is because there were a lot of journalists from smaller outlets there, like, you know, little fan sites or whatever that had come to E3 and had gotten back there. And you could see that they were kind of like a fish out of water. They were intimidated. And I saw Reggie literally walk up to someone who looked intimidated and say, is everything all right? Like, what do you need? And I was like, what the hell's going on? (laughs) Who is this guy? Like, this stuff doesn't happen in this industry anymore. And sure enough, it does when you have people like Reggie involved. So um, on a professional level, I thought he was great. On a personal level, I thought he was a, an excellent human being. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know him like that, I well. that well.
1: But I've, I've never had a, anything, any interaction with him that was not extremely positive. He's a... One of the nicest, you know, and outwardly, he's one of the nicest men I have ever met in, in this industry. And I've
0: never heard anyone have a bad word to say about him. No, never. The worst thing I've heard anyone say about him was Pac, when Pac said that he didn't like him because he was, he was, uh, he would say controversial things about Nintendo. Mm. So he said he felt like Reggie avoided him. But Reggie didn't say anything bad about him or do anything bad, he just avoided him. So, yeah, uh, it's a shame to see him go. I don't know, I mean, Bowser's fine... The replacement. What a name. He is a, he is a game guy. He, <laughs> so is, is his name John Koopa in Japan? <laughs> he uh, he has been at Nintendo for decades. He is a video games guy. Yeah. He has been in the industry his whole career. And, and I'm sure
1: everyone who's there has, you know, you spent 15 years learning from Reggie and yeah. seeing how he does things. I don't see anybody deciding, well, now it's time for a change. Like, no, you, you're going well. Like I'm sure they'll continue the, the legacy.
0: I just don't know if he's as charismatic as Reggie.
1: I don't know if anyone is as charismatic yeah. as Reggie. I mean, you got to go into, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, other people that I would rank on that level in, like, kind of the business world, and it just doesn't really exist.
0: I think the thing, too, is that times have changed. Yeah. It's like... I don't know. You need, like, a figurehead running your company now. You need somebody that people recognize, that people resonate with, that people like. <laughs> that'll do this. Yeah, that'll do stuff like this and just don't care. It's like, I don't care if people think I'm a goof or whatever. Like, Because he knows, ultimately, it's going to help the product. It's going to help the company. And uh, it'll be interesting to see the transition. But I think what I was saying about things changing is that there aren't big press conferences anymore. Mm-hmm. So reggie was a really valuable tool to host nintendo's biggie three press conference every year and handle all that stuff that stuff doesn't really happen anymore now nintendo directs are handled mostly from by people in japan maybe Mm -hmm. reggie jumps in for a little segue or something like that but uh that's changed so do you really need a guy like reggie anymore to be kind of that front man i I mean to an extent i think you do it helps
1: especially with, with iwata not there anymore um it's uh i mean it's a loss for them for sure it's they're gonna struggle i think to to kind of find their feet in terms of uh presentational value in that regard but yeah um luckily they have some strong lineup for the rest of the year and the games uh, will carry the year Yeah, the the games will get you through it
0: yep so there you go Reggie Fieza may retires from Nintendo. Um, I think he'll come back and work again. I don't think it'll be in games. I think he'll work at some random corporation or whatever.
1: Yeah, I think I think at some point, uh, some company will make him an offer that he can't refuse. Not in a, like a threatening Godfather way, but like making him offer he, offer he can't refuse because it's going to be such an interesting thing to him. Like yeah. it's going to be a thing that he's like, oh, I really want to do that.
0: Yeah, again, maybe it's going to. And be he's such still young. Because it was so. a big change going from like a Pizza Hut to a Nintendo. Yeah. And now my guess is. His next transition will be just as extreme. Yeah, and he's and and he's, he's still pretty young. Like he, he he's is, got yeah. plenty of
1: working years left. Absolutely. If he wants it. Yep. So, we'll see. I mean, I, I just I just feel like I agree. I I just feel like he is someone who likes to do stuff. Yeah. And the temptation is going to be there after after. He'll a, take a year off. After a one year or two ever. of like relaxing, he will like, get really bored. And then he'll be like, "Ooh, <laughs> I." I need to sell
0: someone yeah. something <laughs> i love my kids but i don't love them that much <laughs> his kids are probably already adults yeah and like they're, they're, off yeah. and doing their thing so there maybe you that, go maybe that's why he's retiring because now it's time to party it's possible it is possible <laughs> so much respect reggie best of luck to you as you go on with the rest of your life and career uh let's talk next about crackdown three we we mentioned it briefly in the last it has episode down in the yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have not Speaking really... of things,
1: that took 15
0: years. <laughs> You're oh. right. This gave me a bit started the day <laughs> Reggie started at Nintendo. I would not be surprised if that were the case. Uh, but Crackdown 3, we, we talked about it very briefly in the last episode. Mm. Uh, you have spent more time with it since then. I still have not played it. No, I
1: haven't, actually. Oh, you have I have not played it since then. Oh, you
0: haven't? I mean,
1: I've played it for like 20 hours. Almost. Oh, okay, good. But like I haven't played why didn't it you tell us
0: Why didn't you suggest it for the last episode then?
1: I just assumed we were going to talk about it because uh, it was the, one of the new games. Gotcha, I didn't gotcha. realize you hadn't touched it. Right? Oh yeah,
0: I still haven't touched it. <laughs> I am um, not a fan. I've, as I've said on this show many times, I'm not a fan of Crackdown in general. Right.
1: You are. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Was. Yeah, I, mean, I loved the first <laughs> Crackdown. I did not particularly like the second Crackdown. And then when I went back to play the first Crackdown when it became backwards compatible on Xbox One, I was like. This isn't very good. <laughs> like I didn't like it anymore. I remember um, back in G4,
0: back when the first one came out, I was like the odd man out. Everybody yeah. loved this game. Everyone's playing. I'm like, I hate it. I think it's a piece of trash. And I people hated
1: me for it. I didn't. I don't think it wasn't fun to play anymore. Uh, now the, the 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 original. I I, I yeah. tried to play it again, you know, because I love all the backwards compatible Xbox stuff on Xbox One, and like, yep. you know, the up- upscaling and everything looks great. And I went to play it, and like. Um, I didn't like it anymore. Like the, the the shooting was awkward, and I couldn't like find things. You know, it's funny how quickly your standards yeah like can shift. It's just you know at the time it was kind of in line with what open worlds were expected to be then. It's just progressed so much since then. It didn't, and, and there's nothing. It's so it's a very sterile. Uh, open world because there's nothing to do but shoot stuff and blow things up yeah and Uh, collect orbs and uh and now we have crackdown 3 which is the exact same game (laughs) it's the same exact thing i mean look i i will say i i do enjoy playing it more than um than one i think it's it's smoother in that regard even though it is very similar um i think it's fun like I, I, i i i mindless entertainment mindless fun I I don't hate it. I mean, I've seen people just like, oh, I I think it's fine. I think it's fun. I have played a fair amount of it without thinking about it too much while I listen to music or something. I mean, the
0: fact that you said you played it 20 hours, I literally almost, like, Barked. Maybe it wasn't. Was maybe it like, wasn't 20 I mean, it's, it's like That's a long time. At least
1: 15. Wow. I, I played it at least 15 hours. So the game's big. And I'm almost, well no, I'm, I'm slow. Okay. But I'm running around shooting things and doing stuff and grabbing orbs and stuff. Like you could probably finish the main objectives in this in like 10 hours. Okay. Like if you just barrel through like you know unlocking the various lieutenants and killing them like you could probably do that do it real fast. Like but you could probably finish the whole game in like two-thirds of the time I've spent just playing it like at, at leisure um
0: let's rewind a second what is the plot in the game and how does it relate to prior at um, all?
1: well the it, it relates because uh, so there's a city
0: <laughs>
1: Pro, providence city or something like that I, I i admit it didn't stick in my head too well it's been like three weeks but like you're two weeks but uh basically there's uh, another super comp- corporation is um Taken over the the city or something, and they're using like the, this tech to kind of like black out all the other cities, and like so this one is controlled by this woman who runs this comp- corporation, and they they've established sort of their own little sort of cyber cyberpunk dystopian fiefdom here, and um, so you're being sent, you're with setting sent in with Terry Crews and the other uh, agents to liberate them, and your um, your your craft gets shot down as you approach, and everybody dies basically. Except-
0: Terry Crews
1: no Terry Crews died. oh really everybody dies okay and then this woman who runs like the resistance in the city fi- finds the wreckage and there's just enough genetic material left of your character whoever And you can pick Terry Crews or you can pick like there's like nine other characters and whoever you they all Is different this them right there no those are the bad guys okay so um so whoever that is, like you, you pick. They get resurrected in her the because that's the premise of Crackdown. Is when you die, they reclone you and you run back out and that's it. So she reclones you and kind of introduces you to like where this place is and like go, you know, go kill these guys and you got to break out of this like holding. It's like a it's like a con, like a, a holding pen that they've got all these people in with and you get dropped into it and you and you have to fight your way out. And after you do, the guy, you know, the agency guy. The you know the, the guy who's been the narrator voice guy for the rest of the series pops in. He's like it's like who's dealing with my agents kind of and like she's like well we you know we got to work together. So like so the resistance woman and the agency guy realize that like the our only chance is we've got one agent left and they're gonna have to be the one that like you know fixes this. Uh-huh. So the rest of the game is you as the last agent like running through. And getting more, you know, and because you got cloned, you lost all your abilities. So you have to, that's why you have to pick up all the orbs. You know, this is the Metroid thing. You got to pick yep. up all the orbs and upgrade again. Um, and you got to work your way up. So there's all these different lieutenants that work for this woman. And, like, you've got the guy that runs security. And you've got the guy that runs the the horrible industrial stuff. Like, he's polluting everything. It's kind of a Captain Planet sort of thing. Like, everybody's got a horrible like evil corporate scheme they're doing and you have to bust it up and the more of them you destroy the more like inf- intel you get on that individual lieutenant and when you build that up to 100% intel it then shows you where they are like on the map and you can then you can go and get them and kill them and, and when you kill them uh, a lieutenant it de- deactivates a dangerous part of the final sort of you know the final tower you have to climb to get to the big boss woman. Um, I haven't done any of that yet, but like I've killed like two of the lieutenants and like or two or three of the lieutenants, and like that's it. Like that's the game. That's it. It's just the same as the other crackdowns, except there's a little more personality, a little more structure to it, but it's still the same thing. Like there's the every single thing you do for for the lieutenants, like you know, like there's 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 an AI a rogue AI that runs all the all the the, the tramway or the the railway stations and the way you you get through that is you go to each like you know occupied railway station and shoot stuff and then uh, you know a boss comes out and you kill them and then you liberate that place and um, that's it. And like that's it. So it's the same thing. You you do the same thing every single time. There is no variety in what these missions are. Like every lieutenant has a brand of mission and you are doing that the same way every single frickin' time. Oh, geez. The, the industrial guys, like you find like these big oil fields where they're pumping like this radioactive goo or whatever, and there's these big pumping like like station things that are like like those like those those oil rig things that like you know, like the horse heads that like bounce bounce up and down. So and, and they're pumping into this thing, and the way you destroy them is like there's like big rocks laying around. You pick them up and you throw them in the in the in the well, and when it comes back down, it like breaks it because there's a rock. Yeah, there. we have footage of that in the big roll yeah. here in a bit. So like the first time you do that, there's like one well, and you do that, and then it opens a valve up top. And you open the valve, and it destroys the place, and you boom, you're done. So then the next one there's like two, and then the next one there's three, and then there's four, and then there's five. Like that's, that's yeah. it. That's all it is. It's just, it's the same thing over and over and over and over and over. And if you like it that's fine. But if you want, if you are expecting some kind of progression or some sort of evolution of what you're doing, it's not there. It's, it's, uh, it's just crackdown again. And you, I just sort of some, and sometimes I enjoy it. And sometimes I sit there and I'm like, how did this take seven years? It's, it's, I mean, I don't know anything about game development, but like, it just seems like the same thing again. Why did it take this long to just do this again?
0: Well, I think the problem was they were trying to get all that destruction cloud stuff working. There's none of that in the single player. It's not. Though. Yeah, it's gone. None of it. Yeah, it's only um, in the
1: multiplayer. And the multiplayer is cool. I've played a little bit of it. It's also weird that the multiplayer is a separate app.
0: Yeah, it is weird. Like, it's a
1: totally separate thing. Yeah. Like, um, like, it's even separate installs on your library on the Xbox. Well, if
0: you, if you figure if it has to use a cloud. Yeah, I guess It so. kind of makes sense. Um, but the open world in this, I mean, it was it, it's open world sort of opportunities were fine when the first crackdown came out because open world was mm-hmm. kind of a new thing. Has that changed at all? No. Like you can still run up and hijack a car and get in a car and drive it, but it's all very weird and yeah, but, well, awkward. The, the and... driving is terrible. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> I, the
1: the drive. I mean, because there's like the race missions and stuff where you have to like you're assigned a particular vehicle for each of those. How the, can the racing you screw things? up a racing? And it's like it. They they all feel clunky and slippery and heavy and they're all they all just feel like, except for the the agency like the lightning car that is built for speed everything feels like it's like it's really too heavy and bricky than it should be um just look at that car it's it looks like i modeled it yeah <laughs> like it's it's i do like the aesthetic of the game to some degree like not i love not the, the data, color palette but the, the yeah game. the neon yeah. sort of like cyber I love the overall thing. Like color i think it looks look. cool uh, it also looks really clean in yeah. 4k it's not like impressive graphically like in the way like god of war is but it's like aesthetically, I think it's very pleasing to the eye. Like yeah, at high resolutions, it looks cool, especially at night. Um, it's just there's nothing there's nothing particularly special about it. And the other thing the I will aims say aim's all
0: auto aim. Yeah, it's the same
1: as the others. Like you hold the the trigger to just to snaps. lock on, yeah. and they can use the right stick to find to basically pick a body part to shoot. Yeah. Um, which is fun. I mean it works I guess. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'll note is. Um, you get a much better experience playing as Terry Crews than any of the other agents because he has a lot more dialogue. Like he has a lot more. He talks a lot more when you're running around doing stuff, whereas the other agents say things, but they're not as vocal as he is. So basically, so,
0: Terry Crews is supposed to be the main. Character.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. Like I mean, it's. I think it's who you're expected to play as. Uh, I played as a, a few different ones, and like he was definitely the best, just because he had more personality. Yeah. Um, they try to give like a bio and everything to all the the agents, but he's the only one that really um, showed up to work, basically. You know? <laughs> um, and there's a ton of them. There's like thirty of them or something. Like there's, there's you because like there's like eight or nine of them unlocked at the beginning, and then you can find DNA that like unlocks like a, like doubles the number of them, and they all basically have different skills. So like. They all have a primary skill that's like, you know, agility, 10% bonus for picking it. when you pick up the orbs. You get a 10% bonus to that. And then like, oh, you get a 5% bonus to driving or whatever. Yeah. Um, driving being the hardest thing to level up in the game for me because I just don't drive much. You don't want to do it. Yeah, because it's always, <laughs> always more efficient to just
0: jump places. Well, this game is also, I think, more fun Yeah, just yeah. jumping around because you do have that super floaty, super high jump. Yeah,
1: like the open world part. I mean, the open world doesn't do a lot with itself uh, beyond like maybe, I mean... At most, you're talking like all the main mission stuff in this game would be like a side mission on a Ubisoft game. Right. You know, like yeah. it, like it would be like the, the annoying thing you have to do 40 times in a Ubisoft game. <laughs> you know? um, it wouldn't be the meat of it, but it is the meat of this. Right. Um, and I mean, it's kind of fine. It's just, you know, I feel like if you are a Game Pass subscriber and you got to play this off of that, you got a lot better deal than anybody who paid 60 bucks for it.
0: Like, how much would you pay for this game Matt?
1: i mean if if i was just like gonna buy it for myself to play it on my own i'd probably wait till it was like 20 or 30.
0: yeah like or you just spend 10 or bucks. you get the game or pass you get thing. game pass i think for free the first month can't you that's
1: yeah i think so i haven't looked into that
0: worst case scenario you spend 10 bucks yeah and that's fine. That's a
1: fine because the problem the problem isn't even that it's like it's over too fast or it's like you're. I think most people are going to get bored and just not play because like, there's a. It's that thing where like at a certain point you realize that the game doesn't have anything else to show you, and the only reason to finish it is for the sake of you saying know, saying you be finished it. it. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're one of those people that's obsessed with backlog or whatever. Yeah. Um. But I think most people would just like play it until they got bored and walk away. And like that's kind of like the perfect thing for Game Pass, to, yeah. right? Like, yeah, that's what that's for, right?
0: That's what I'm wondering. If with it was the old game, days,
1: I would call it a like perfect rental.
0: Someone asked a great question about this for Pactor Factor, which was, you know, is is Game Pass a place for games like this? Mm-hmm. And is that a strategy that Microsoft's going to follow going forward with these new studios that it purchases? Are going to start do, making like smaller, less impressive games, but Games that make perfect sense for Game Pass. Yeah. Um, and Pac seems to think, no, that, that that won't be the case. But who knows? I mean, I'm surprised that this game was released. I'm just glad it's out and we can stop talking about it. <laughs> this will be the last... It's definitely not going to be brought up in our Game of the no, Year No, I don't, I don't see that happening. <laughs> I can guarantee that that's not going to be the case. Uh, but, I mean, I'm shocked that this game came out. Because I figured if they... Allowed this much time for the game to be developed that it would be far better than this when it finally came out. For it to just be a clone, essentially, of the first two Crackdowns. Yeah. After all this it's time, it's the weird
1: thing is like it just it doesn't have any new ideas. It's yeah. not even it's not even that it's like even it tried compared
0: to the old game.
1: No, it's not even that it tried new things and didn't quite get there. It's just like you just made Crackdown again, and yeah. that's fine. Like I have no problem with Crackdown again, but it's like it should be cheaper and it should not take an entire generation you know yeah like i don't know what else to say you think this team will make another game i have no idea which team is it is this sumo yeah well, Sumo Digital has been around. Sumo Digital is like one of the big contractors for things. That's the other. Th- I mean,
0: but another first-party Microsoft game.
1: Maybe I don't know. I think I don't know who. I don't know enough about the internal politics of what happened with this project to know who Microsoft might blame or, or want to avoid in the future. Also, like that's the other thing that surprised me. About this is Sumo Digital does a lot of good racing stuff. It does, and yeah, I don't know what ha- I don't heck? know what happened here.
0: It's really weird. Yeah, I mean, they made sense for the project to me yeah, initially, yeah. but. <laughs> Turns out, maybe not so much. I would be really surprised if Sumo gets another Microsoft Project. I'll say that much. Well, we'll see. I mean, all, all
1: I know is I think everyone involved has to be glad that it's over. Yeah. <laughs> like, like just, just we're done. Crack we'll be down able to delete out.
0: the crackdown three B B roll yeah. off of the TriCaster. We
1: never have to look at that again in, a, in an E3 press conference, or that it's, we have to ask, "When's crackdown three coming?" It's done. We're, we got, we it's we made it, everyone. It's funny the we footi- got here.
0: The footage bank on our TriCaster has become like this barometer. Yeah. Because you know when we first started back in twenty fifteen, like I just started loading it up with footage, and then as time goes on, the hard drive fills up, and you have to start deleting mm-hmm. old game footage off of the TriCaster. You can never get rid of Crackdown three. There, uh, so another Crackdown three's been
1: there since you started the, the yes, company. That's basically. what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, and so like the other thing about it is like as we use the TriCaster, we learned okay when we render B roll, we just take the audio out. Mm-hmm. And because it saves on file size and we don't need the audio because we don't run the game audio except for our trailer of the week. So another flag is if a trailer has audio in it, that means it's been around for a long time and all the Crackdown stuff still has mm-hmm. audio in the trailers that you could turn on if you wanted to. So, yeah, it'll be good to get to wipe that off of the uh, TriCaster after all this time. I honestly don't think I'll ever play this game like... I thought about just getting Game Pass for a month, just one, because I really should check it out. But two, to play this and kind of kill two birds with one stone. That,
1: but oh, also, you, you see the the morphing car there? Yeah, that's not in the game. Yeah,
0: where's all that stuff? That,
1: that was that was one of my favorite thing, little like weird little touches about Crackdown, and the car doesn't morph anymore. Yeah, like you can transform it, like you you can change from speed mode to like. Spider mode, which I th- like you can climb up walls and stuff, and then there's a, like a tanky car, like a Minotaur, I think it's called. Yeah. But like, it doesn't, you know, when you in the old games, you got in the car, and depending on how high level your agent was, the car would like morph into a more badass version of itself. Yeah. It doesn't happen anymore.
0: Huh. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess what we're both saying is nobody should buy a Crackdown three. Not, not yet. Like maybe it's a good reason to give Xbox. I don't even know what that's Game supposed Pass. to indicate. This is probably like, the cloud stuff. I guess. Like, yeah, I mean that's exactly what oh it yeah, is. Seeing, like, this is them explaining how the whole cloud thing was supposed to work. Like
1: comparing it to like kind of this early stuff, it's like clearly what we ended up getting is a giant punt. Pretty much. Yeah. That's
0: why I'm surprised they released it still. Like, all this
1: media is out there. Yeah, they can't cancel everything. <laughs> yeah although now,
0: that was the rumors of scale, scale bound coming, back. coming for switch <laughs> i think i may have said that like a long time ago actually that that would be a good idea but uh we'll see if that's actually true i haven't seen any yeah, i don't know i mean legitimate reporting on it yet
1: i mean nintendo's got the relationship with platinum yeah it just and the relationship with microsoft yeah like it, it's not impossible yeah it's just a matter of cramming it onto us under the switch yep I'd much rather see Scalebound come back than have to play Crackdown 3 again.
0: I would agree with that. I will try. I will play Scalebound. I will not play yeah. Crackdown 3.
1: I think you would enjoy like 20 minutes of Crackdown 3. Yeah. Like you'd be like, ah, Good this is fun. fun it's fun. Watching not, stuff yeah. blow up. I don't hate it. Like, I don't, you know, it's not like. I mean, I've seen like a lot of vitriol pointed at it. And it's just like, it's not honestly bad. It's just there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There's
0: nothing special like,
1: about it. Yeah. And if you're like an Xbox only owner and like you're waiting for your exclusives, like, this is a pretty bland that's pretty disappointing yeah, yeah. after all that
0: time yeah to wait for that game so all right it's time to move on we're going to talk about uh pokemon and if you looked at the teaser there well go back there sam i totally screwed up it says pokemon snw huh <laughs> instead of pokemon sns so my apologies for that but we are going to talk about pokemon sword and shield generation eight pokemon is here folks it's coming to switch it's coming at the end of the year um we are Fantasy not team saved yeah it, it might be we are not showing the trailer for the game because because damn because pokemon company is burly with they were pulling race race. down. they
1: were pulling down people's reaction videos that didn't even have footage
0: in it yeah it was- so i'll never understand it Nintendo has figured it out, but Pokemon Company is its own entity, and mm. I don't know if you guys remember, the last time we ran something from Pokemon Company, it literally stopped the show. Like, it wouldn't even let you guys watch the show. So, we're not going to show the trailer. You can see it on Sifted. It's about two minutes long. I think by the time this discussion is over, you won't even need to see it. because <laughs> we're going to yeah. talk about it for, at length here. Uh, what were your first impressions? What was the first thing you thought when you saw the trailer for the first time?
1: uh i thought that what, what's that other game that pokemon company's making like town yeah something like that? i felt like i was justified in believing that town was a dry run for what a pokemon game would look like uh in that i can formatting see that. uh and it was very clearly that's pokemon like it's pokemon like yeah. no everyone who was worried that pokemon gen 8 was going to be like some kind of horrible let's go frankenstein's monster uh no it's it's just pokemon it's
0: just a pokemon game um, and again, we can't show it to you, but I, I liked how right at the open <laughs> of the trailer, they showed the elements that people, that the hardcore Pokemaniacs, complained that was missing from Let's mm-hmm. Go. They show the character sneaking through the grass. Yeah, they show random battles. And they show, yeah, exactly. Either fighting the Pokemon Literally, before you capture him. Right. Like, it Literally, like, hey. like one of the first things that they showed in that trailer. It's like, look. Here's yeah. the stuff you guys complain that wasn't in they Let's just Go. Like,
1: they just, like, busted in, like, uh... It was, it was just, like, everybody chill. Everybody yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. just
0: relax. And just so you guys know, the footage we're showing you right now is from Let's Go. This is yeah. not the trailer.
1: It looks really got me. I, mean, I know there's a know there was some dis- disappointment that, like, people were hoping for, kind of, like, the Breath of the Wild of Pokemon. I think and, it kind of looks like, like that, though. Uh, but they wanted, like... People are, like, wanting for some reason, like, they want, like, some kind of open world. Like, they wanted to reinvent the franchise the way the way breath of the wild reinvented zelda and i just don't think that was ever in the cards but
0: pokemon is kind of an open world game i mean they gate but you with abilities but, but they don't
1: mean that they mean like like you know the way like breath of the wild made things so much more organic and yeah. it wasn't this like a structured thing yeah. like people i guess there were people expecting something
0: like that uh like that, you could tackle the quest in any that you would order that they would wanted. reinvent
1: pokemon the way to the on the Switch to the degree that Zelda got reinvented for the Switch. Gotcha, gotcha. And um and you know, Sword and Shield looks pretty much like just a console version of a Pokemon game, you know, which is to me exactly what it should be. You know, yeah. I, I I think
0: that's what most people wanted. Yeah,
1: I think I think that's true. And it does look I think it looks very good. I think Do it looks you? very pretty.
0: I don't think it does. Think it looks good. So they didn't put out any screenshots for this. So when we create a game page on Sifted, if they don't release official screenshots, we have to grab our own screenshots. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we just watch the trailer full screen and just take screen, just do a print mm-hmm. screen, and uh, the game is not that technically impressive. Well, no, it's on the Switch. Yeah, I mean, like, no, going beyond that, like comparing it to other Switch games, even comparing it, in my opinion, to Let's Go. I think Let's Go looks better. I don't agree with that at all. Go, I don't know. Go I mean, back it's a and ar- really look at look, that I footage. I did look
1: at it pretty. I watched it three times. I mean, I like, I like what it looks like. Um, I mean, it's not. It's a different art style. I think the art game. is
0: fine. I just think technically it does not look very good. I
1: don't expect it to look good. It's on the Switch, um, but it does look better than Sun and Moon. So well, what yeah. are you, you
0: know, <laughs> the 3DS game? What are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, nothing. I don't make it. But I'm just here offering my opinion. I yeah. was not impressed with the visuals. And the art's fine, um, but just technically, they try to do like uh, motion and distance blurring, and it makes the textures just look. Awful. I don't know. I don't think it looks very good, um, but it doesn't matter because the way I play Pokemon, I end up turning off half of the stuff anyway. After I get through the first like ten hours of it, the visuals don't mean that much to me. It's more about how it plays, and it appears that this is about as faithful a console Pokemon as oh, yeah. there has ever been.
1: Yeah, I don't. Well, this is the only. I mean, you're, it's Gen Eight. Yeah, you know, it's the official mainstream real core series. Jump into a con, you know console slash handheld. Um, so you know, I think you're going to get what that you know you're going gonna to get exactly what it says on the box for that one. You know,
0: three brand new starter Pokemon. Yep. Um, there's a water Pokemon, a grass Pokemon. Yep. And what's the fire? And a fire Pokemon. Fire, yeah, yeah fire, same, water same three and grass. as always.
1: Um, the fan art started literally seconds. After <laughs> the, someone I saw someone like did it first off. I love the thing where someone said they all look like uh, mascots for generic grocery store brand cereals. <laughs> Which is true, uh, but someone also noted like they're the Powerpuff Girls. Oh, like and even in like some of the official art, even found equivalent poses of the po- <laughs> Powerpuff. Like it's, it is. Like I'm like, yeah. oh, that's that's a well well spotted. I mean, I'm into it. Uh, I will probably pick the water one.
0: I usually pick the water one. Um, I usually pick grass because then you can get poison. Poison, poison is good. Poison is. When, when gen- you're playing single-player Pokemon. Poison is invaluable. I
1: generally don't like uh, the ape type Pokemon very much, though. Yeah. So the grass is the grass is right out. Yeah. Um, I do like the I do like the uh, the fire one, the bunny, but uh, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Sobble. The water one. The, did the, they uh, the shy water po- the shy
0: water salamander? Did yeah. they say how many new Pokemon will be? I don't think I they did. I, should, I thought maybe I did see that, like over 200 or something. That's a lot. That is a lot creeping up on a thousand total. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm mistaken or maybe they just said it'll have that many total including old pokemon or something. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I, usually
1: traditionally they have included all the other previous pokemon, but uh I don't know. I don't know how many they add. I mean, usually they they add on, on like 150 more or so.
0: Yeah. And but, then set in a brand new region. What was it called? Gondol or I don't know. It's something it's, like it's that. the UK.
1: It's, yeah, I mean it
0: yeah. it's and it, it's very diverse. It has country rural yeah. areas it has downtown city environment it looks a lot like sun and moon in all honesty
1: yeah and already the uh, the the female the female player character has been reinterpreted by the fandom on twitter as a foul-mouthed scottish girl like screaming like <laughs> obscenities at people as they as they start Pokemon battles, um, in the in the shades of uh, uh, Merida from um, the the uh, Wreck-It Ralph two trailer where they yeah. started having her like right, do all this right. Stuff. Yep. so yeah that meme has morphed into the uh, the new Pokemon game so well done internet uh it's I mean yeah, it's we don't know a whole lot yet but like I'm I'm happy it's coming this year and you know, we we expected it too. Here's Uh, one thing I'll say, though. I think it'll do well.
0: It seems like the sales of Let's Go disappeared really quick. Yeah. Like, it literally, it seemed like it had, like, one month and then a half of another month, and then it was just gone.
1: Well, it got really overshadowed by uh, Smash Brothers a few weeks later. It really hurt it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But, uh, and it's just, yeah, yeah, Let's Go didn't seem to have the legs that your average Pokemon game Yeah, I
0: mean, usually those games just keep selling. Yeah,
1: but, uh, you know, there's, there's... like like we talked about back when it came out it's like the the core fan base you know the the, the that really gives those games the longevity they have didn't really embrace that yeah. the same way which is i mean part of it was just like a weird paranoia that a lot of people had over um Let's go! success influencing this game, influencing Sword and Shield, but it was right. like, Sword and Shield has been in development for two or three oh, yeah, years. Like, yeah, there's absolutely. no way let's, yeah. they're going to change that like <laughs> yeah. a, a year before release. Like, yeah. that, you know, Sword and Shield is basically, you know, functionally done beyond the polish stage. At yeah, this yeah. Point. So maybe in Gen 8, you got to worry, Gen 9, you got to worry about it. Yeah. But like, I think, th- you know, this is going to be a very traditional Pokemon game. It just looks better and it's on a Switch.
0: You think it's too much Pokemon in a short period of time on one platform? No? No. No, do you think there's any such thing as too much Pokemon?
1: Maybe, but like um, the you know a new gen is a different beast. Um, you know, like maybe you're not super excited about Let's Go because it's a remake of Yellow, or you weren't super excited about you know Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire because you'd already played those, or those were you know Ruby and Sapphire weren't your favorite Pokemon games back in the day. But I think just about anybody who's into Pokemon is going to get excited about the new gen. Yeah. So I I don't, I don't think it's a factor. I, I mean if they want to put out uh, I don't know what, what what would what would the the platinum equivalent of this beast Pokemon bow? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pokemon pokemon yeah,
1: pokemon wand like yeah. what are we, i don't know i don't know what the third object would be in the sword and shield lineup if they put that out too soon that could be maybe yeah. an issue but i usually they give that a year or something
0: maybe they just didn't count on having the typical sales typical pokemon sales with let's play they're like you know what we're okay with that selling a few million it took us a year to make yeah
1: i would think that that's true i mean you know you can't expect the, the performance of a mainstream you know, new generation Pokemon game out of what is a effectively remake. a remake. Yeah. Um, especially when a, there's a chunk of the fan base that is just sick to death of Gen 1 and you know not me <laughs> no i'm not I, you know, i'd be fine not.
0: if they just kept using gen one like the whole time
1: yeah there's a there's a whole there's a big debate about that in the in the fandom but, i'm sure i'm but, sure uh,
0: most of the younger players hate gen one but oh yeah
1: sick of it but like uh to me like once you go past gen three i start i can't remember i'm completely anymore.
0: tuned out i could um, not tell you probably a single pokemon from gen three i don't think
1: yeah well here's, and it's like for me it's like weird how the designs change like like, uh, I was at the Pokemon uh, not the Pokemon store I was at the the Nintendo World store in New York over Uh the weekend and there's stuffed Pokemon everywhere right you know just like bins and bins of stuff and some of them are like oh there's an Eevee there's a Pikachu and some of them are like what is this like I don't (laughs) even know what what right side up is on this thing they look like Reject Digimon or something. Yeah, you know?
0: it's like they're like, being just shoved into like a character generator or whatever. Or like it's,
1: I mean, it, I felt the same once like Yu-Gi-Oh kind of hit the, like the GX era. It's like, okay, that now you're just drawing Power Rangers yeah. with like with like ears. Right. You know? like, yeah. I don't know what you're doing anymore. Um, so yeah, it, it's just too many. I I'm, I can't remember 700. Yeah. Video At game monsters. At a certain monsters. point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I still play them, you know. I mean, I do too. Black and white. I is played
0: p- Let's Go for, gosh, I don't know how many hours. Fifty maybe. I mean, I like gold. I love gold and silver. And
1: then, like my 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 probably my second favorite Pokemon like core, core game is Black and White.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, not it's, like really hate, good. it's
1: not like I hate the, the
0: later games. Black and White was the one with the PETA message, right? Yeah, that was where you're basically fighting PETA. Yeah, where po- the, they're po- like, po- you're torturing these animals, putting them yeah. in. And I was like, it, you know what? You're right. And, <laughs> and then it turned out to be like
1: some kind of weird like conspiracy thing. Right. With, like, the, some kid just wanted to get back at his abusive father or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it went deep in Black like, and like White. Ev- like every <laughs> single anime ever. I don't know. But, um,. But I like the uh, game. I thought it was. I yeah, thought it was. It, was it had an interesting perspective on this sort of like we're going to send twelve-year-olds out to cockfight for a living. Yeah, I kind of thought base. that the series <laughs> might yeah.
0: like stay on that angle, but it didn't. It went right back to kind of fluff and.
1: Yeah, oh. there's, there's a place for fluff. I'm curious what this one will be. If this will be a a fluffy one, or if there's going to be some.
0: Sun and Moon was kind of in the middle. Yeah, it had some serious stuff in it, but nothing like Black and White.
1: No, Black Black. Black and white was the was
0: the dark period.
1: The, <laughs> yeah. the dark indie. And had, I did uh, buy <laughs> the black yeah. version of
0: that game as well. So. So yeah, coming out at the end of the year, Switch mm-hmm. exclusive, um, gonna sell like crazy. Yep. It'll be the, probably when it's all said and done, the best-selling Switch game.
1: Could be, you combine both SKUs? Yeah. That, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Smash Brothers suddenly has competition.
0: Yeah, I saw some um, people complaining on Sifted about uh, the two-version thing with Pokemon. That's Pokemon. It is. But, and the, the, the point was, you know, you guys are a bunch of gullible whatever's for buying these. Or, you know, buying both or whatever. Most people don't buy both. No. Um, it, is a little, it is a little slimy, though. No, it's not. It was, it, I it, it's think part, it is. It's
1: part of the thing. It's always been part of the, the deal. I that whole doesn't point mean w- it's right. It was absolutely right. It's why this. It's why the game was successful to begin with because it forced trading on playgrounds between the Game Boy Link. I, that was the purpose was to make yeah. you play with people and trade with people. I don't want to do that though. Like, but, like I that, just
0: want to. You should just give me all it, the Pokemon. That's not how it works. If I have to earn them through the campaign, that's fine. But, but but now you can do
1: it like like that's the other thing is like now it's even easier than ever. Like with all is, the, the online stuff, it just
0: makes it dumb. It's well, like really I have to like go and put in some stupid friend code like no you don't. You I, to, you, I did it with Let's play with vincent we went through the whole online suite together i go
1: online i can throw i'm like i'm looking for this guy i'm up for for this guy
0: like thing code and the other person has to put in the same code and then it'll connect you and then you can trade or battle or whatever i don't know it's 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 just i just think it's dumb it's
1: pokemon like
0: like i understand that i know it's been that way but that doesn't mean it's right or okay like
1: of course it's okay after it sells while, millions like no when, one when no, people
0: do crappy stuff after a while it becomes blase and not people just accept stuff. it as okay
1: that's not a crappy thing it's part of it it's part of the thing it's part of the charm it's like you gotta cl- catch them all and to do that you gotta interact with people that was the whole point
0: i understand that i've obviously been playing pokemon since day one that doesn't change the fact that it's a little shady that you're gonna hold like 10 pokemon hostage to try to get people to buy multiple copies of the game that's
1: not why they do that most people don't don't own multiple copies. I mean, the hardcore people own everything. And
0: families. Like, one brother will get one version. The other brother will get the other sure, one. Sure, but it's not like you
1: weren't going to buy separate versions for the kids anyway. So otherwise they fight over the damn thing.
0: I guess it depends on your family yeah, and your situation. But, but uh, it's a valid point, I think. I think people who have been playing Pokemon all along have just kind of accepted it at this point. People who have never played it look at it like that's completely asinine. And I can respect both sides of the coin there.
1: Yeah. I don't like it's like that's part of the thing. Part of the deal. Yeah. is, it, is it, I think it's kinda of dumb when other games copy that. Like like when like and, Mega like when Mega Yo-Kai Man watch do that. Yoke watch did that, Mega Man Battle Network did that, right. um like a bunch of the kind of the, the clon there weren't Pokemon clones but like if They're there Pokemon-ish. were If there were like kind of yeah, anything related to collecting things creatures or something you were pretty much guaranteed at some point to have
0: a different, different
1: version. versions that had exclusive items and the other thing about because the other reason it's not as big a deal in my opinion for Pokemon because Pokemon is so popular you're always going to be able to find a way to get those other things whereas like good luck finding someone who has the other version of Mega Man Battle Network 4 now right. you know yeah, it's like yeah. like that Man was even at, time, <laughs> <you know. laughs> even at the
0: time even at the time was hard yeah
1: so like I, I don't think it's a great practice outside of the pokemon series but i think the pokemon series has the the size and inertia that like and and the now the online tools that you're never going to hit a point where like you just can't get a pokemon cuz it's not in your version um and if you if i really can't i get the other version from my niece and get them from her yeah <laughs> so, yeah like, <laughs>
0: Are you excited for this game? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not, like, a hardcore Pokemon person, but, like, um, I would say, of what we know of for the rest of the year, that's probably my most anticipated Switch game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much that's saying.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, that's... I don't know. I'd probably say the same thing. But I mean, I, there might
1: be stuff we don't know about yet. I
0: will say this. I think having just played Let's Play has me less excited for the new one I I am a little interested to see
1: what I think about it without kind of the nice things of let's go like the fact that let's go lets you access the pc anywhere yeah if i have to keep going back to pokemon centers to do that in this one i hope some of that stuff
0: is changed i
1: would be nice i don't i I don't think we saw any real indication of whether that would be there because there's a point at which like yes i would like the the battles to be the capture battles to be an actual battle where i have there's a little more strategy to that and i think that should definitely be that way but in terms of like the basic quality of life stuff that that Let's Go had. Um, I say keep it. I don't see any reason not to let me access my Pokemon bank at yeah, any given time when I'm just wandering around the world. You yeah, know?
0: just a lot of contrivances with the old games that really were there for limitations on hardware or whatever. There's really no reason for those to be there now. But going back to what I was saying about having just played Let's Play, I'm not as excited for this one. I'm not used to playing Pokemon every year. Mm -hmm. it's like i play pokemon once every three years or so and right about that time i'm ready to play more pokemon now (laughs) with one coming i just i literally spent like 60 hours on and let's let's Mm go so now a year later to kind of stand there at the precipice of this mountain of a 50 hour game again it's not something i'm ready to just dive into well especially if
1: if they if there's elements of it that are going to feel like a step back if right. you liked some of the yeah. things that Let's Go did. I would
0: be surprised if they did that, though.
1: I don't know. Like, I, like, I it, really don't know. depends on a
0: lot of fan feedback. Like, if people yeah. are complaining about it, like, I don't know why anyone would complain about that, but I see people complaining about stuff all the time that I have no idea why they're complaining about it. So, who knows? It
1: just, I mean, it just depends how um, how purist they're going to be yeah. about this being, you know, Gen 8 and mm-hmm. not a remake. not a. I mean, I know they went on and on about how Let's Go was was a, a real mainstream entry because it, it's called Pocket Monsters and not Pokemon, whatever. Right. No, it's a remake. It's not, you know, it's not Gen 8. It's not, the. You know, yeah. and so, and clearly they are not, you know, Let's Go's, you know, changes and, and updates were not a thing that they intended to put into the main series as a permanent change. So, yeah. but there are things that Let's Go does that I think, Improved just the experience of playing it, and would yeah. also improve playing a mainline game I in agree. the same way. Yeah. So we'll see if they we'll see if they're smart enough to kind of like know where that line should be. Yep. Um, I really would like to be able to access the PC anywhere. <laughs> like, that's my, my main thing, yeah, yeah, it's huge. is being able to, and like some people I'm sure would say that that ruins part of the strategy of going out in the world and having your team and having to get your team to work, but, and but it's like- And survive. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, it's like, okay, so what happens if you if you don't, if your team dies? You just run back to the thing and get- yeah. by, just Just let us switch things, I, who cares? Yeah, like,
0: it's a, a contrivance, like I said. Yeah. So, game's coming out in 10 months.
1: Is that what they said. 10, well, it's by
0: the end of the year, yeah.
1: and we're already in March. I mean, my guess would be this would be—I mean, my guess would be this would be like the like in November, October. But then, after Smash Brothers blew the doors off everything in the beginning of December, maybe that's Nintendo's favorite lo- location. I think right? a
0: lot of it will depend on what else they have.
1: Yeah, um, but I feel like this is a this is a game you probably want out pre Black Friday. Yes.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean let's go
1: you want yeah you want it bundled with with systems you want it uh i mean i'll be a little shocked if there's no special pokemon switch bundle you know um
0: it'll be like a pikachu switch or something
1: sword switch i mean maybe that's why the sword and shield is like the sword switch and the shield switch the the, the ss a little alliteration yeah in which case the third one would probably be pokemon staff (laughs) which sounds like an office simulator but, <laughs> but I don't know I'm, I, now I'm, I'm just thinking about what what they call the the right. third what one what would they call that
0: like ultimate version that they always put out yeah. of
1: well I mean last time they did, just did ultra sun and ultra moon right. so yeah. maybe that one I'll agree is a little shady <laughs> you know, instead of putting the third sort of ultimate version out they've just started putting out like better ver- like ultra right. versions of both versions like that's yep. okay now they there's can four milk it,
0: man People will buy it. They'll make it. That's oh, they all did. There is I bought it. it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yep. Okay, let's move along. We'll have we'll talk a lot more about Pokemon Sword and Shield yeah, as po- the year goes That's going to be
1: just pretty much an ongoing theme throughout the year. Yeah,
0: because now that they've opened the dams, the waters are just going to flow forth, and we'll be getting information probably every month about the game. So we'll check back in as needed. Uh, let's talk next about Xbox. And there have been... Three big stories about Xbox in the last, like, week, week and a couple mm-hmm. days. Um, and this was the story that we were alluding to, or the topic we were alluding to earlier. We were talking about how is it just more important to just get your content out as much as possible, or is it more important to kind of hoard it and have that content just for you on your platform? Um, Xbox appears to be... Making a move towards the former Mm -hmm. uh, with wanting to get its content out as many places as possible. Um, The first story is Xbox Game Pass could be coming to Switch. How mind-blowing is that for you? Um...
1: I mean, I kind of, like, I didn't know, I wasn't specifically expecting Game Pass, but I expected something to happen between Microsoft and Nintendo at some point, just because they'd seem to have gotten so chummy over the last couple of years. Yeah. This is a pretty massive move. Cause that is a
0: gigantic move. Because
1: it's, uh, it's like, a, it'd be a streaming permutation of the Game Pass service, which would basically give you, I mean, you could play Forza Horizon on you your screen. You play everything.
0: It's crazy. Yeah. All... First party stuff. You play Xbox Halo on your... On your Switch. Master Chief for
1: Smash? Yeah. Like who, know, you know, who knows what, where, you, where you go <laughs> for there?
0: Do you think this is smart for Nintendo? I don't know. Because aren't you kind of... It, it's like a drug dealer coming into your neighborhood. Yeah. And he's like, I'll give you that first one for free, but... I don't know. It's like
1: Well, also you wonder if it if it would cannibalize some sales of like, you know, the multi-platform stuff that people buy on the Switch then they already have it cuz they're like, right. oh, I want a handheld version of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of that would be doubled up on a Game Pass subscription. Although may I, I, mean, I cuz if you're streaming it, it's not quite the same cuz it's not like you can you know, you're you're probably not going to have like a Wi-Fi connection strong enough to stream something like Game Pass on like the train or whatever. Right. It doesn't it doesn't completely undermine that idea um this is something to kind of do at home i would imagine um although i mean i guess if you're nintendo it's just like hey the more the merrier like it just it's just another thing that makes you know makes the switch more attractive to someone especially someone who doesn't want to spend the money on an xbox because it is pretty hard to justify buying an xbox on its own
0: right now it is very hard especially when you see stuff like crackdown 3 coming out yeah i think it's a good play for nintendo though because it helps solve kind of, it's third-party problem. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that depends on the deals that Microsoft cracks to see what ends up on Game Pass, but conceivably, as a Switch owner, you could have access to some of the bigger third-party games from the last couple years mm-hmm. just through Game Pass. Yep. And you can have access to Xbox exclusives.
1: Yeah. But it's Microsoft's, you know, you know, crackdown, 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 but like, you know, Gears of War is coming. You know, like yeah. There's a lot of Gears of War you can play. I'm sure there's people who own Switch that have never owned an Xbox. You know, and that's the, day one. It's all new to you.
0: I mean, that's day one. When first-party games come out, they're on Game Pass yeah. that day. Day one. So you'll be able to play, you would be able to play, Xbox exclusives on the Switch the mm-hmm. day they come out. It's pretty cool. How does that... So... So here's the thing. I think this was a part of Microsoft's plan for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw the first glimpses of that when they started talking about the Play Anywhere. Yeah. And their game's coming to PC. And then they launch Game Pass, which is all these games for just $10 a month. My question is, how are you recouping all the money with just people paying $10 a month? Like To me, the math just doesn't add up. It doesn't work. I don't know.
1: I don't. I don't know anything about the Game Pass business model. Um, I, I had a couple people explain it to me at one point, and it made sense at the time, but then I forgot it again. I think. Um uh, Pactor has kind of broken it down a couple of times. Uh, he
0: hasn't really though. Hasn't he? No. I, I, That's why I, I don't know anything about it because usually I rely on him for that crap. Well, you should
1: make up a question for the next thing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you just have the question he didn't be from explain, you.
0: Yeah, he didn't even explain the uh, the model like during Pactor Factor this week when they, there was a question asked about it. He mm. didn't explain like how does that work? Like how do the publishers get paid for the games? Be is it like a Spotify thing where you get. Paid per play. I don't know. Or is it you just I get a think... flat sum from Microsoft for giving the game to the service? I would like... think
1: it's a flat sum. And I think I would think the idea is it would be that like you've got a, a certain mass of people that's gonna you know get that subscription and it's a larger number than they would spend sixty bucks on a game, and the idea is that you would end up with more subscribers than you would purchases of the individual full price game.
0: I guess if you figure if you have six people who had no plans on buying Crackdown yeah. 3, all paying $10, $10 a month for Game Pass. Now
1: you just made 60 bucks, Right. But you wouldn't have gotten otherwise.
0: Yeah.
1: I think that's the idea. Does that work? Is that like is that going to work on a macro scale? I don't know. Like, I don't have that yeah. information. But that's the idea, I think. And uh, I do also think it ties into sort of, uh, maybe tangentially, but it does tie into what Pactor always talks about, about the whole, you know, there is no console future yeah, it thing. does, yeah. Um, where like... Because i mean there's still a console you're holding a switch but you're playing xbox you know microsoft seems to microsoft has toyed off and on over the years with the idea of making xbox as a brand not just identified with the the physical box you have on your your tv stand you know like they want xbox to be what you think of when you you know they've always kind of targeted even when they would do like product placement and shows and stuff you could tell they were trying to become the modern version of when, like, back when we were kids, and, like, parents would say, no matter what we were going to play, are you going to play Nintendo? Right. You know? Yeah. like Nintendo which just the word they used to mean video game. Well, I and think that's Microsoft, what they, Microsoft wants Xbox to be that.
0: No. I think Microsoft was smart and saw the future before a lot of other people did, which is something we've talked about on the show. Services. Services are the new economy. It's mm-hmm. not selling something, it's selling something people use. Yes. And... If you go back, Microsoft was the first to say, we're not going to share how many consoles we sell every month anymore. Our, our important metrics are how many people are subscribing to our services, Xbox Live, Game Pass, et cetera. And that was a long time ago. And now you're starting to see why they did that way back then because they knew where their business was headed already.
1: Well, the wor- I mean, I remember the story. I was, I was told um, you know, back in the early 2000s GDCs, when Xbox was becoming a thing and they showed that you know that big horrible silver X yeah. promo thing, yeah. that prototype thing like the thing the, the what was said was like in the late 90 like last few years of the 90s basically bill gates said video games interactive entertainment is the is the 21st century and we need to own that and i don't care what it takes yeah and that was why it didn't matter that the original Xbox was not did a not runaway success. Well, yeah. It was just step one. Yeah. Like it was just, you know, they have When you have that kind of money, forward. you can do that. Now, yeah. maybe maybe Velocity Girl never got to sell that Tony Hawk t-shirt <laughs> on Xbox Live. Yeah. But just about everything else actually did happen. It did happen,
0: yeah. And I mean, I think some of the things you're seeing that they originally announced with the Xbox One at launch, mm. that they, what they thought they were going to do with it, Didn't happen right away because people pushed back, but now people are a little more open to it, and that stuff's going to start coming back around again, and we'll see if five, six years later, if people Mm. are, are a little more open to the idea. And I
1: think they're also very smart in that they're teaming up with Nintendo, and Nintendo is recognizing this at the same time, that one of the smartest things they can be doing right now is forming this unified front of we want to give you what you want, we want to provide this service, we want to let you play what you want to play, how you want to play it, wherever you want to play it, as a front against Sony that's standing over here saying, like, no, you can't play crossplay, you can't, like... Yeah, the- and
0: there's still some rumblings going on with Sony about how it's picking favorites for mm-hmm. games that it allows crossplay with, and...
1: Like, I think it's real smart to see, you see, you know, Xbox and Nintendo sort of, like like kind of both recognizing this is the way to go and we might as well go there together because we don't really consider each other competitors anymore yeah whereas sony kind of is still sort of stuck yeah
0: still in that ivory tower yeah so it's going to be
1: be a fascinating generational transition it it is
0: maybe the most fascinating ever in all honesty Uh, speaking of which great segue into the next thing we're going to talk about Mm. which is xbox two which,
1: or, or whatever they call it. Well,
0: right. But now I'm starting to think that that's exactly what it's going to be called because there are two platforms. Mm. So they're saying that one is a disk-free streaming machine and the other one is a traditional console. Um, there were funky names for the two of them. One was called like, oh, like Humbart or something like that. <laughs> there was names for each yeah. one of them. But anyway... The rumors have been going around for a while about this. It's Xbox not dual. Yeah, but now it sounds like it's really going to happen, which makes the whole idea of Xbox 2 make too much sense. Hmm. Because it's legitimately two consoles, two platforms, which makes you wonder if this plan has been in action all along. Yeah. And this was this was the plan that the next one would be two different platforms in one. So, you call the first one Xbox 1, we're gonna call it Xbox Three. We're gonna get three platforms, Matt. Yeah. In thirty years, we're gonna get eight platforms.
1: Xbox 3D.
0: <laughs> then what is it? Um, Certain point,
1: it just plugs into your spinal column, I guess.
0: Do you think consumers are at the point now where they're informed enough that this is fine? Maybe. Because years ago, this would have been a terrible idea.
1: I think it all depends on how they present it. Um, it's gonna it's gonna live or die by how they they present the information to the consumer, like. You know, is is the diskless one uh, cheaper, you know? Are you paying less because it doesn't have a drive in it? Yeah. Uh, or, you know, maybe you're paying the same, but the one that doesn't have the disk drive has a much larger hard drive. Right. Um, something like that, you know, like just as long as you can make it somehow Well, they clear. did say the
0: one was way cheaper, and that it'll be mm. for cons- just the average consumer like then, almost
1: like an Amazon Fire kind of thing. Yep.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and then they're saying the full-on console one will be for people like us, and right. it'll be expensive, and it'll be bleeding-edge tech, and blah blah blah. Is
1: there talk of? Was there talk about power differential between them?
0: Uh, not like, so. Not so no? far. No. Okay. Which could come up though.
1: It's fascinating. You know, like it's. This is the first, uh, you know, generational transition in a long time where I feel like we're sort of sitting back, and being like I don't know what's going yeah. to happen.
0: It's like, a great
1: unknown. Like not not really, kind of awesome. Really not since the change to 3D. Yeah. Like has has there been such a like a a, a shift in yeah. how you present these things and how they're done? Like because you went you know that's when you went from you know these systems that were just like these little boxes you stuck a thing into to like suddenly there's all these moving parts they got lasers in them it's like you know like it, you know lasers and lenses and CDs and it, it was it was a total shift unless you were Nintendo and um even i mean even uh even nintendo though like that crazy controller on the n64 like nothing we'd ever seen it's like you know it was you you saw this thing where like you made this transition to this new generation it's like how you play these things is changing now and it's never going back the way it used to be and it's really not and it feels like (laughs) it feels like you know 20 some years later 25 years later 25 years later that's crazy i know um it's gonna be you know 2020 is gonna be the same thing it's like this stuff's gonna change and it's never gonna be the same again and it's going to be fascinating to see how all three of these companies approach that.
0: It'll be fascinating to see how people respond to that too. two different yeah. versions of a console coming out at launch. Also,
1: because we, we learned uh, this generation that um, if you don't make that approach properly, um, the people will revolt. Yeah, I and, know. Yeah. And you'll have to change your complete, completely change your strategy. So. I mean, you just
0: got to think about the supply chain and everything. How do you predict demand? Yeah. How do you know how many people are going to buy that streaming version? How many people are going to buy that hardwired mm-hmm. console version? How do
1: you make sure you don't go one or the other too many? Right. Even if you make, e- what if you make equal versions of both and like one's way more popular? And That's what I'm saying. It's not that just like it's two you're of a shortage, but now you've got all these things sitting on shelves.
0: Yeah. And people are going into the store and they're like, there's that crappy streaming one yeah. that no one wants. Where's the one that everybody wants to buy? Like.
1: Or there's that expensive there's one all nobody kinds cares of, about. Right. There's yeah. just
0: so many scenarios that have never happened before. They're yeah. going to set a precedent with this stuff.
1: And meanwhile, Sony is silent. Yeah. <laughs> like what is going on like well it's it's, it's exciting there it's are cool. rumors
0: now that the new xbox may launch this year i don't buy that i don't either but i mean just the fact that there are rumors suggesting that i mean it looks like it's definitely coming out in 2020 next yeah year.
1: i think so and what was the there were some leaks uh, some like leak rumor or whatever about ubisoft uh that came out a couple days ago uh, saying that that Watch Dogs three is oh, yeah, take, yeah. is taking the Assassin's Creed slot this year, yep. and um, that uh, Assassin's Creed I think it was Assassin's Creed is called Legion, and it takes place in Rome, ancient Rome, and it's a cross generation game. It's it's a next bridge gen game. and a bridge game for 2020, which implies that right. You're gonna have a new system to put it on in 2020, yeah, yeah. right? And yet again, Ubisoft <laughs> like <laughs> blows and the lid on it. It always does. You know, like, like with Watch Dogs One, they're like, "Oh, we. It's just. Is it? Was this next? Oh, it's just a thing we did. Yeah. On powerful hardware that I don't know. Why, yeah. Who who can say? You know, it's just like isn't it lunchtime yet? <laughs> <It's> like,
0: <laughs> so yeah. And then the final thing it's been a big week for Xbox. The final thing is that. People are saying that that PC game or that Xbox games have been spotted working on PCs. Mm-hmm. And that's not a play anywhere thing. That's put an Xbox game in a disc and Windows yeah. runs runs, runs it game. off the disc. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like running Xbox One code. Like right. It's not. Yeah.
0: Right on right on the PC. Pretty nuts. It is pretty nuts. I mean, Microsoft is just basically saying like let's get our content everywhere yeah i think microsoft is realizing the universal truth that will never go away and will never change and that is content is king Mm -hmm. and in this generation if you're smart to move away from hey we're making all our money on hardware to hey let's try to make all our money on services because Mm -hmm. hardware is
1: like it's like instead of the whole thing's like oh sell them the razor at a loss to then sell the blades like what if we just shave you everywhere right (laughs) like no matter where you are you can shave yeah like, I mean, what
0: they're really saying is, what if you don't need the the razor? All right. you need is the blade, right? Because you can get razors everywhere now for like nothing. And Microsoft, to me, is really looking at the future and making moves towards the future. while it feels like the other two kind of fight the future. which is weird because to me, Microsoft was of those three would not be mm-hmm. the company that would do that. Well, I don't know, because
1: you know Microsoft for all they've you know their all their monolithic uh, status. At heart, Microsoft is an OS company, you know? They right, make but software. They,
0: right, but they still try to get people to pay for Windows. They still try to get yeah. people to pay for Microsoft Office.
1: But it makes more sense than like, I mean, I have a hard time imagining a time or a world when Nintendo doesn't want control over its hardware. Yeah, I know. Like, that is so ingrained in the DNA of that company. I know, yeah. Um, and even Sony It may never happen, like, like ever. No, I mean, not unless, like, there's a, a paradigm shift that would... T- I mean, it would be multiple generations from now, I would think. I
0: mean, do you think Nintendo would ever... For, well, first of all, yeah, it would launch a streaming service for its games. But do you think it would ever allow that to go on another console?
1: Like like if they launched their own kind of Game Pass thing and put it on Xbox? Right. I'd, before this, I would have said probably not. But who knows? Who knows yeah. what the, what, I mean, it is coming. the
0: new Nintendo now, thanks to Reggie, which we talked yeah. about earlier... I don't think it's that new of a Nintendo. No, but
1: you know, give it give it a few years and give it a few more of these landscape shifts. And yeah, it might make you know. Who would have thought they would have put mobile games out? Yeah, at a certain point. Well, after we
0: Iwata like laid into them for like three. Oh years yeah, and, but like, yeah. You
1: know, there was a time when that was unthinkable. And Do you now remember it's... that
0: year at GDC where he gave that big speech about how? mobile's going to end gaming and yeah. making mobile game literally it was a whole presentation about how mobile gaming was terrible and the best way for you to ruin your business was to start making mobile games.
1: Yeah, well I agree with half of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at a certain point all that money is you can't ignore it. You can't. Yeah. And now and now they're, you know Fire Emblem's doing great and that's yeah. uh, it's almost like it's almost it's a third revenue stream for them
0: yeah. and the shareholders can't argue with that. They can't, but we'll see if, if Nintendo continues to be that pliable and malleable going forward. Yeah. I, I would be surprised if it does, but I don't know. Maybe it's a possibility. But I honestly would never see Nintendo allowing its IP to stream mm. on someone else's hardware because Nintendo is just so paranoid about piracy. Yeah. And Even well, though it- fundamentally it probably is impossible for piracy to spring out of something like that, Nintendo would just be like, wait a minute, our code is out of our control, and we don't like that. Mm-hmm. Ever. Well,
1: I mean, the history of the company would indicate that, yeah, that is not a thing that would happen, but you never know. The times are a-changing. Like, you, you never know and whether it becomes something that makes sense three to five years from now. Yeah. Stranger things have happened.
0: Yeah. I don't expect to see PlayStation Now on Xbox or Switch. No, Sony, Sony will <laughs> Sony will
1: die before that on that hill yeah that is on that uh, hill
0: by itself in isolation sony is like the isolationist company now
1: hallucinating cyber world
0: one last time (laughs) before before slipping (laughs) into the darkness so i don't know it's been very interesting to watch this sort of metamorphosis of the xbox brand and i have to say sitting here right now it seems to be the most well poised for the future yeah, I get the
1: feeling that Microsoft does definitely have a plan. Yeah, like, and
0: it seems like it had enacted it as soon as the Xbox One was not going to lead this generation. Yeah. Um, so I, th-
1: so Which we yeah, all so,
0: realized very quickly. So right
1: now, I would definitely say that Microsoft is the Cylons. They have a plan. Yeah. We don't know what it is, and I don't even really have a guess. <laughs> but there might be clones coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like multiple Xboxes.
0: It's exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's very different for us to be sitting here a year and a half-ish out of a new console generation and to have these questions. Because in the yeah. past, they'd just be like, okay, Nintendo's going to make a console, Sony's going to make a console, yeah. and Microsoft's going to micro- make a console. And also,
1: you know, co- you know, same coming from the original Xbox into the 360 era, Microsoft is always at its most interesting when it's in third place and angry but no, like, right. it's like but yeah. it's like we're dead last we got nothing to lose and we're gonna like try something yeah like i mean look i mean the, the xbox 360 dragged console gaming into the online world yeah like by force you, you know? gotta Every, remember
0: though microsoft did try to do that with xbox one people just rejected yeah. the hell out of it didn't of work it. they were like we don't want that
1: because oh, i think because they were strained too far away from what people wanted to make game gaming better yeah. you know like the problem was, you know, on all the stuff they were proposing for 360. When they, you know, when when Jay Allard sat on that stage in his hoodie, sport coat, and yeah. and and rapped with wrapped with the fellow kids yeah. about it, um, like everything he talked about in that presentation was like those are all things that would make my experience playing games on this system better. Yeah, uh, none of that applied to the Xbox yeah. One. It was just like there's a whole bunch of terrible ideas for a thing that has nothing to do with gaming. Uh, and we just want you to watch ESPN all the time right I'm like no nah, yeah. I don't TV. I don't like passing my cable through this thing is not a thing that's exciting to me I want what it I was exciting
0: to me at first it, I, I used it for a long time because I liked that I could put like the TV over in the corner and still play games and I could watch like a hockey game mm-hmm. or a football game while I played games with split screen on my own TV
1: yeah I I, I didn't I never used it because um, I didn't care and then um, one time I really used it was like my, my one of my friends got it like when it came out and hooked everything up and we were watching football and the problem was uh, you couldn't talk about the Xbox because uh, yeah. if you said Xbox too much it would, the have- would make it do shit. And like one point, someone said, like, oh, so the Xbox did it. And it was, like, the last play of the Broncos game, which was the game that my friend was, like, desperately wanting to see. And, like, it was down to the last, like, 30 seconds. And someone said something about the Xbox. And it just started rewinding the live broadcast. <laughs> like, oh, what, what, what? Like it, and by the time we got it back, it was over. And it was just like, no,
0: we're not doing that anymore. Um, my Xbox still. In fact, the other night, I was laying in bed. I had just laid down. Our whole apartment was dead silent. And I hear, <laughs> and my freaking Xbox just turned on in the middle of the night in the pitch black with no noise. It just goes, Do-dee. and I'm like, what the hell?
1: Xbox anywhere. And then, always. Yeah,
0: And then like we have, I have the Connect. It's like, I have like slots in my entertainment center. So and the left slot is my Xbox one. And the center one is my center channel for surround sound. And as, as people know, the center channel is where all the dialogue comes from mm-hmm. in a 5.1 mix, most of it anyway. And so the, they're talking right out of that speaker right next to my Kinect. And so all the time, like it just kicks on because somebody hmm. in a TV show said something that it thought said, hey, wake up. Um, I still have my Kinect hooked up, by the way, to my wow. Xbox One. I don't crazy? even know where my Kinect is. <laughs> I am definitely a part of a small group of people, I I mean, I it. will
1: say that whenever I look at my friends list on Xbox One, like, a lot of people are watching TV. So yeah. clearly people still use Netflix, Whether they've got the Kinect hooked up or not, they are still using it as Just going that. through it,
0: yeah. Some people just set it and forget it. Yeah. They set it up and they never touch it again. I mean, to be
1: fair, that's the reason I never did that with my in my apartment was because the, the cable connections were all behind the T te- I'm like, I'm not digging through that yeah. just so I can do what? Yell at it? Yeah, I don't want to know. Yeah. But uh, if you have a cleaner setup than I did then, you could do that. But I, now I don't do it. It was a novelty. I liked it, it at first. Yeah. And
0: once I took out the connects, I had to replace my Xbox because it broke. Once I took out the Kinect and used it for a while without it, I was like, I don't need it. Mm. And I just ditched the whole thing. So, interesting times for Microsoft. Yeah. I'll say this it's trying stuff. It's trying new stuff to see what happens. And uh, when you're in third place, which is really what Microsoft is at this point, uh, you really have nothing left to lose. Yeah, I mean, I
1: I just think, you know, they should, their game lineup should start to be as interesting as their, like, tech decisions. Yeah. Um, Because Crackdown 3 is not the games pass on switch of game releases Let's well that, that the way.
0: other thing too is that and before we move on briefly was that some games are going to be natively ported mm-hmm. according to the rumors so ori and the will of the wisp would be a native port for switch you'd be able to play it on switch makes a lot other, of sense yep they're talking about making a, a porting cuphead over to switch makes which also makes sense. a lot of sense yep. uh, and pack talked about that in this week's episode as well by the way great episode of Pactor factory if you haven't watched it go freaking watch it uh, but, yeah, it seems like Microsoft is more primed for the future than the other two at this point. Of course, that yeah. could change like that. Because well,
1: they got to get back on that hill. It has to. Yeah. 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 It doesn't have a choice.
0: All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a Switch game that I've played in the last week. It is the next big Switch exclusive, although I would, after playing it, I would <laughs> in maybe... In a crackdown kind of way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, after playing it, I would maybe pull back on that big descriptor a little bit. Uh, and that game is Yoshi's Crafted World. There is Yoshi's
1: a, Flippin Island, as it will always be. That's in what my hand. it should
0: have been known. That's right. Flippin Island is a much better uh, subtitle. Uh, but there is a demo of the, for this on uh, the Switch eShop right now. I don't know; it may have been taken down. I did play this like four or five days ago, um, and essentially it's a one-level demo. They don't really give you a good idea where the the level is placed within the world, but essentially there's. Three different tasks that you can complete on the same level. Uh, The first thing I would say about this game that really struck me is that it's so freaking easy. Hmm. And look, Yoshi games are always easy. They are, I mean, people have tried to say Nintendo's games are kiddie and blah 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 for a long time. If there's one franchise that kind of has earned that moniker or that tag, it is kind of Yoshi. Oh yeah. Like a lot of Nintendo games, sure, they may be easy to finish if you're a kid or whatever, but there's always parts of the game that that still make you flex your skills and require high-level play to get through. Yoshi games really haven't been that way. Usually what Yoshi games do is they're like, hey, we're gonna throw in a couple of things that are kind of hard to find if you want to go for that 100%, mm-hmm. but the actual gameplay itself isn't that challenging, and that is exactly the case with Yoshi's Crafted World. There is really no fear whatsoever of ever dying in this game. Um, The way that, at least the level that I played worked is, you go into the level and you can see right here there's a train and the train is missing like three parts. So your first job is to go out into the world and find the missing train parts, come back, reassemble the train, complete the stage. Um, What shocked me about this game is that it's really not a platformer. There's platforms to jump over, But that's not what the crux of the game is. The crux of the game is what you're seeing right now, which is shooting eggs. It's Mm. really like a shooter, but like the most simple, like, turret gallery shooter you've ever played in your life. It's not like you're evading danger while you're shooting. You're just standing still and and choosing targets, basically. Mm. And a lot of the quote-unquote skill involved with playing the game is timing the egg tosses. So sometimes the the targets or the enemies are way far away. So you have to kind of time that enemy walking into the line of sight with your egg so that they meet up and you can can strike. So sometimes it'll use like the levels. Like here, you'll see here in a minute, they have the guy walking through the windows. You have to wait for him to walk through the window before you can fire it. Um, But that's pretty much the game. So you collect coins, you collect hearts to get extra lives. You can collect the sunflowers. I don't know what happens if you collect all those because on this level I got all but one. Um, but that's pretty much the whole extent of the game. Like you're literally, and there are moments where the egg throwing is a little more active. So eventually like you'll see we get on the train and the train moves. And while the train is moving and you're riding the train, there's like a there's a sunflower that you have to target with an egg while you're moving. And there it gets a little more active, but. Otherwise, this seems to be a game targeted squarely at children. Um, The one thing I would say that is unique about it is because the whole thing is made with paper craft, there are some pretty cool ideas that they work around the whole perspective thing. Um, Like some stuff looks like it's 2D, but then you walk into it and you realize that that thing that just looked like a beam is actually a ramp that will take you kind of inside a building and up to the roof. So there's kind of some tricks and plays on that. But otherwise it's really, you just walk around. They're like, okay, so after you complete this and you get all the parts, you take it back. Then they're like, okay, now go back into the world and shoot cows. So you go back into the world and then you're trying to find these little stand up cow things that you have to shoot. Um, And then you go back and they're like, hey, find three of these little puppies. And it's really just like kind of a scavenger hunt in general. Um, You can use the eggs and the shooting of the eggs to collect stuff So if you shoot something with an egg, it actually gets added to your inventory and that's pretty much the game It's not a very pretty game Uh, The early trailers for this game. I thought looked awful literally just one of the worst games that I've seen in a long time and then over the last like six months you could see where they've been doing some stuff to it like they added fur shading to Yoshi and some other stuff Still, though, the game is just really... Fur shading? Yeah, there's, like, fur on Yoshi. Yeah, he's, like, furry. But isn't he a
1: reptile? He's supposed
0: to be, like, a dinosaur, isn't he?
1: Yeah.
0: Or is he, like, supposed to be made of yarn again? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But he's furry. Hmm. He's got fur. You you may may not see it at 720p. Or has to be feathers, really. Yeah, I mean, if he's a dinosaur, it should have feathers, right? Yeah. But, um... Yeah, it's, uh i do not foresee this game doing especially well (laughs) i do not foresee it reviewing especially well and this is my alternate on my fantasy team that i thought yeah i thought for sure it would get at least like a 75 or an 80 but based upon what i played so far i don't see that happening um I think the lack of challenge is really its biggest problem. And maybe this is the first ever level in the game. And it, I mean, eventually- it looks
1: like it probably is. Like it seems like it's teaching you stuff. Uh, it's green. Yeah, like, uh, green. No, it's early <laughs> levels like to be green, <laughs> which is weird, but true. But uh, I mean, it's Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo does sometimes do that thing where it's like the early stuff is super brain dead easy, and by the end of the game, you're like, "What is happening?" Yeah. So, I've never really played a Yoshi game since. Uh, the original, Yoshi's oh really? Island. Like I don't, You I, haven't
0: played a three D Yoshi game.
1: No, I hate Yoshi. As a <laughs> you, you and I, Jeff Gerstmann would get along I just, well then. I, like something about Yoshi, the Yoshi character just makes me physically angry when I see him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is. Like, I, and so no, I, I played uh, you know what Yoshi Super Mario World Two, you know yeah, Yoshi's yeah. Island, yeah, which was was good. I good enough for me to tolerate Yoshi, but I will never play a solo Yoshi game just because I have no interest in that character.
0: The, other, the only other element in this game that I haven't mentioned so far is uh, egg management, basically ammo. <laughs> um, you always have to worry if you have enough ammo to get through sections of the game. But in addition to using those boxes to get eggs, you can also just swallow enemies and they turn into an egg. So this game put up no resistance for me whatsoever. Uh, some of the level design was kind of clever. That's well, probably
1: demo, you probably don't want to frustrate people. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's a fine line to walk. But it was just... I mean, if I download a Yoshi demo, I don't expect it to be the
1: Dark Souls of Free Game or anything. Well,
0: like I said when we started talking about this, Yoshi games are usually very easy. Mm. They're also typically the worst selling of all Nintendo first-party games. So, um, I think... Are they? Yeah. Why why do they keep making them? Because they sell enough? Mm. I mean, I'm guessing the team that's working on this is probably 25 or 30 people. I mean, from a technical perspective, the visuals are also really, really poor. Just as far as... Like, I saw the frame rate dip a couple times, and the textures were really blurry. I mean, that's just starting to really kind of turn into just a Switch thing. That was another issue I had with uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, but the textures I thought were terrible. But that just might be the Switch has hit its uh, its maximum. And that's, that is kind of a thing, though. Once you start going with off-the-shelf parts for your hardware, like the Switch did... There's not a lot of upside there as far as developers really writing to the metal and getting a lot more out of the hardware. A lot of times it's like WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. Um, so maybe we've we've already reached, reached the uh, theor- theoretical maximum of what the Switch can output uh, because this game's coming a couple years into its life cycle. And it... Chat's saying that this is Unreal Engine 4. Ah.
1: So, yeah, it's pretty good for a small team to use for something yeah. like this. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but I am not especially excited for this game. I'm sorry if some of you guys were. Uh, I would definitely recommend going and giving this a play if the demo is still up on the eShop, because I think you may save yourself like 50 or 60 bucks. Um, I don't know. Obviously, there's a chance if you watch the trailers, there's obviously a lot cooler stuff that comes on later in the game. Uh, but I was not that enthused by this first initial taste, and I would I would contend that the purpose of a demo is to get you excited to buy the game, not to make it easy and I think it's a, a line to walk of accessibility versus challenge, uh, particularly with demos. And I think this one definitely veered way too far in the other direction. Uh, but we'll see. Obviously, when it comes out, I'll give the whole thing a whirl, and, uh, and we'll see how it goes. But for now, I think if you're thinking about pre-ordering, you might want to second-guess that right now. We'll see. All right, let's move I, on. I'm already safe. Yeah, from, I know. From, from if you, that have, I can't believe you've never played a 3D. What about the... Uh, the GameCube one, what was that one called? Um, it was before the whole Epic Yarn and all that crap. No, I don't know. But that yeah, was, I think that Yoshi's, was- Yoshi's, I don't know. Uh,
1: I remember the N64 one, like Yoshi's Egg or Yoshi's Egg something. All I remember about that one is the title screen, it's like the, it's the, the Yoshi's singing, like the Yoshi's are singing and it sounds like they're saying, balls, look at my balls. <laughs> I missed that somehow. I can't remember what the name of the... is the N64 Yoshi game. Look up the title screen on YouTube and just think, balls, look at my balls. And that's totally what they're saying. <laughs>
0: the GameCube one... And that's the most one.
1: entertainment I've ever gotten out of a Yoshi product ever. Yeah, the GameCube one... It was kind of like this one, Yoshi Story. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, Yoshi yeah. Story. That's Thank you, Vincent. What about the GameCube one? Somebody hook us up with that in chat. Uh, there wasn't a GameCube one. Vincent I thought there says.
0: was. I thought it was I the don't first one, one with the flutter jump.
1: Hmm... I don't remember a GameCube one.
0: Really? Oh, I think there was. There
1: was a Yoshi's Island DS?
0: No. It was the first 3D one with the flutter jump, where he does like the jump, and then he does like the run, and then goes up like yeah. the, the ramp or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I thought for sure it was GameCube, because I remember it was advertised like at the beginning of the console's life, and it languished on and on, and then didn't come out, and then did, and it was like a four-hour game.
1: That sounds familiar, but I don't remember what that was. I don't, anyway.
0: I, there, I, I don't remember a Yoshi game on GameCube. I don't. Interesting. Maybe it was a Wii? No, it wasn't Wii. I don't know. Maybe I'm off base, or maybe I'm thinking about the N64 game, but what I remember about that was that it was gorgeous. And everybody saw yeah, everyone, it was like, oh uh, my god. Yeah,
1: chat's saying that was the N64 game. Really? It
0: Yoshi had the flutter started. jump.
1: Yeah. It's always had that, as I recall. Not Mario World, yeah. But like, as soon as they started doing Yoshi spinoffs, he got that. Because he also had that by the time of Smash Brothers One.
0: Oh, you're right. So that's true. Yep. Okay. All right, let's move on to our last topic of the episode, and we're going to talk about Anthem. Has to be the most polarizing game to have the come Anthem out. Anthem of deflation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The most polarizing game to have come out in a long time. I have seen lots of heated discussions about this game on Sifted. Mm-hmm. I've been a part of some of those heated discussions about it. Um, it just seems like, where do we even start?
1: Well, <laughs> we could start with, wow, I should have picked Resident Evil 2. <laughs> um, yeah, its reviews are terrible. And I remember for a while, that when I started to see, because as soon as I played that, that demo weekend, I knew it was going to review terribly. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I remember, like right before embargo, there was you know scores were starting to leak here and there, and I texted you, and I'm just like, man, this thing's going to end up with like a seventy. Like, I got and you're like, no, the previews were huge and great, and like, and then it was even worse than I thought. Well, it was the PC be.
0: version was at like a sixty.
1: Yeah, the PC version was not the version to put the press
0: on. Yeah. There, it turns out. Do you think that Origins has turned out to be a huge mistake for EA? 'Cause this is a second yeah, bioware game that's got murdered before it ever even got I, released.
1: I think Frostbite was a bigger
0: mistake than Origin. Yeah. I think you're constantly But Origin is that. now giving access to these games early to everybody. Right, but it's not I mean it's not early gives access. People...
1: It's not like it sh- that's release. That's I mean, they should know that that's what's happening. Like like you can't have a broken game eight days before launch date when your launch date is really the day that the people who are paying you extra money get to play it. like. But my,
0: but my point is, is that you're, and I don't, I'm trying to word this correctly, but you're putting it in the hands of people who aren't as experienced with early code. If there's a way. But it, but
1: that's what I'm saying is like, it's a week early. It shouldn't be early code. It should be the final game and the final game should work. Like, like why is eight days that much of a difference? And if it is, why don't you release it a month later? And yeah. then... 'Cause you're bad you're never recovering from that bad PR, and then you have the balls to call the patch that goes up on the official retail release day day one patch. No, that's a day eight patch. Yeah. Because the people who have been subscribing to your service played this thing eight days early or seven days early, and they've been dealing with this shit, and that counts. And it's really gonna count as that word of mouth spreads, and it and here we are.
0: I think it's a uh I think it's a huge mistake. Because you're letting people who don't have a ton of experience playing games. And I mean, you can call it what you want, but the fact of the matter is it's not its release date yet. These people are getting early access to the game.
1: But it should, it should be the it should be like buying the disc early. It shouldn't be like, here's a broken version of this game and you're gonna have to wait seven days even though you paid extra
0: to have one that works. Like it, it, it boggles it my mind. It does work though. See, that's the thing. That's what I'm getting at. So if somebody like us plays made. early code, we know enough, first of all, you knew enough to be like, oh, this is going to review terrible. Or yeah. people are going to lay into it at, during its early access period, which they did. But you're giving, so you're giving code to people who are a part of outrage culture, tend to jump to conclusions, tend to pile on with, with unfinished software. Now, if we get the unfinished software, we're, we're saying, okay, there's going to be, there's probably going to be a patch on day one. A lot of these issues that people are freaking out about are things that are solved generally very easily. We would not su- send out the alarm the way that the general public is going to send out the alarm. We would have a little more trepidation with how we looked at the game and any faults that it had a week before it came out. Like the loading times that everyone has been freaking out about, I don't, first of all, I don't know why they're freaking out about them because they're not egregious, they're not good but they're not egregious. Well, they're
1: better than they were. I mean, but But again,
0: so you're letting these people play and then go on YouTube and spout off when, when I played it,
1: they weren't bad. Well, well, that's what I mean is like, you're talking about early code. And I'm like, why are, uh, why is a handful of days making that much difference? And if it, if it is that much difference. Server load, you don't know what it's going to. Server load has nothing to do with not being optimized for a non uh, uh, solid state hard drive. Like, that was where a lot of the load times were coming from, was it was not optimized for a normal hard drive. People were timing shit like, in, in, the, in the initial release, and they're like, it's taken two okay. and a half minutes okay, to so get Okay, so regardless
0: prices. of why it's there, the truth is, is you and I know, because we've been in the industry for a long time, that load times are something that can almost always be improved, and can generally be improved very easily and pretty quickly. But when you put the game into the... And so, therefore, when we talk about it, we're like, yeah, the loads were a little rough, like... I don't even think I mentioned the loading times when I talked about the beta.
1: I haven't noticed load times. I mean, I haven't played it. I mean, I played the VIP demo weekend and then the next, so then I was out of town when it went live and I'm not an origin subscriber, so I didn't get to play it early. So the first time I played the release version of Anthem was Monday night after it had already been patched once, I think, for a a day one thing. The day one patch had already happened and maybe another thing, I, I had to patch it when I got back. And uh, and I thought the I think the load times are noticeable, but like not like crazy ruin the game long. But part of that is as we mentioned before, when you initially got here today, like you and I both look at other things and do other things while yeah. games are loading. So and, this is what I noticed. And so and if when you're just people, sitting there waiting for the game to start. <clears> yeah, <throat> I can see that being a lot more annoying than you know me looking down at a tablet or waiting until you know something, doing something else.
0: Yeah. So here's what happened. So people are complaining about the loading times. I'm playing the game and I'm like. They're not great, but they're no worse than some of the other games that I've played recently. So I started digging into it and I started timing them. Like somebody on the site was like, oh, there's like three loads to change your weapon. And I was like, no, there's not. There's one and it's three seconds long. So I started going through all that stuff and I started like timing like the loads, like when you start a mission, how long until you actually start the mission. It's like 90 seconds or whatever. But what I realized in the process of this is I don't pay attention to loading times at all anymore when a game starts to load i pick up my cell phone Mm -hmm. and i start surfing the internet or looking at twitter a lot of times the game comes up to play before i'm ready for it to Mm -hmm. because i'm typing something on twitter or i'm replying to a text message from a friend and then the game pops up and i have to like throw my phone down and like pick it up like i multitask constantly that's that's the way society is today and i agree with you a thousand percent if you're a person sitting in a room just you, the controller, and the TV, and you're sitting there watching that bar go up, waiting mm-hmm. to play. I can see where you might get annoyed with that, but it's interesting that I just really don't play games like that anymore. Like I have this other stuff that's going on that I don't even notice load times. So I one I don't notice them, but two I did time them, and generally speaking, they're no worse than any other game as a service.
1: Yeah, but the initial impre- you know, early first impressions were like.
0: Yeah. oh my god it's like an hour to load and then i play for but five they, seconds but they were like you know
1: like the people were even in the press were timing yeah. the load time. You know, so, and they're like okay so from getting a piece of loot that i want to use to backing out of the mission and going to the vault to the forge and equipping it and it's like it's like two two thirty four like total like load times between those things and it's like yeah that's a lot i don't that's even think lot. about doing
0: that though well, I mean, who would just leave a mission before they completed it to go back well, to the port comp- to equip a piece of gear? You have to start the whole mission all over again. Right, but 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 what they're doing
1: is comparing it to how these these shooters, these looter shooters, are supposed to work. And
0: see, I always the, have a problem with anytime someone says how something is supposed to be or is supposed to work. Well, because like that's that's expectations. And I don't. I I always say this. I look at the game. Well, I, I look
1: at the game too, and the way they do it is idiotic. Like, like it, you're, the whole thing is you're picking all these things up, right? Like, part of the appeal of these kinds of games is, ooh, what did I get? And, like, you can't find out, you can't use anything you get until you get back to the end of the mission or you back out of the mission or whatever. Um, or you get disconnected and have to go back and get the Yeah, you you
0: you, your t- loadout t- is permanent to you complete the yeah. mission.
1: Um, and, like, kind of the, part of the fun of, like, Destiny and stuff like that is, like, finding new things and swapping them. Unless they're, like, something you have to decrypt, like, an engram or whatever. Right. But, like... It still feels like um, you're weirdly locked into things in this game in a, in a, and like to get out of it to like you know readjust it to a way you'd prefer to have it like you have to jump through a lot of weird loading hoops and sort of changing locations and like and they they've, they mitigate that a little bit by adding the launch bay once you've gotten through a few missions where you just go straight there and it has everything you need you don't have to you don't have to wander around Fort Tarsus anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. And you can actually interact with other people and you can see each other's mechs, yep. uh, which is nice. That was added, I think in the, in the, the second demo, Yeah, I think um, due
0: to player feedback actually, yeah. yeah. The two
1: major feedback additions were that launch bay and the ability to sprint in the city, which, <laughs> which isn't a sprint it's at all, Still not as fast as it should be, <laughs> but at least it's faster than the plodding walking yeah. that the original demo had. Yep. Um, Here's the thing, like, I don't hate this game at all. Like, I enjoy it to some degree. I actually really like it. um, I really like playing it. I like taking off. I like flying around. It's amazing. Like, the feeling
0: that you, the sense of uh, inertia, weight, power, it's it's incredibly innovative to me, that part of the game. The actual playing of it is my favorite game as a service by Miles. The problem is... You just don't, you're not playing it all that much. It seems to mm-hmm. me that the missions are way too short. Um, it's They're like, very
1: short and they're very samey. They're yeah, the same thing. There's not over enough and over mission yet. variety. All of them I are gotta like go that, here. If I gotta follow that damn green radar thing one more time. You know that little like sonar thing that pops up to show you where stuff is when you're doing the hot cold. Oh yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Like it's just it's all the time. Like it's like all right, here's the hot cold part. Oh, there okay, are five here, mission objectives. Here's, and Here's the wave over and over. thing where I have to guard the thing while the bar fills up. It's, it's yeah. like there's like four idea. Four four basic mission things you have to do and that's it. Yep. And like there's Agreed. no and it never uses the unique elements of the game of the of the way the character moves like like you like yes traversing through the environment is you, you use the flying and stuff but like the ability like, at one point in early in one of the early missions that you go through these caves and you hit this thing where there's like a generator machine that like uh short circuits your your suit's ability to fly and your character's like i can't fly the fl- your flight systems are not-. i'm like who f- who cares like I'm, i, oh, I gonna, cared i wasn't going to use it anyway <laughs> right oh, i, I use flight
0: continually Con- like, constantly i I never fly from one side of the battlefield to the other constantly
1: i never use it why it's because i don't need it because i don't need it it's fun
0: it's not that fun it is so fun i have fun just flying in this game just flying you don't you don't get exhilaration when you like swoop down and like you're skimming like an inch off the water and like i mean it's cool it's
1: cool but i've played iron man before so it's like i and i find the mechs kind of boring Design-wise, like I don't feel like they look all that great. Like I guess a, I don't care. It's just and like, fun to
0: fly. And it's fun it, to fight. It's fun it's to fly sh- and fight.
1: Man, you need you should have played Xenoblade Chronicles X because it's so much better at everything this game does. Like getting into the giant mech, flying through the environment like that—a much more robust and interesting. I refuse than,
0: like, to believe that.
1: No. I, mean, I refuse is, to believe that. Is that is actually
0: what, the, I mean, it obviously doesn't look as good because it's, No, th- know, there's no like, way the feeling of flying in a mech is better in that game than in this game. Like, to me, this is groundbreaking stuff. I think that's nuts. What? It's, this is nothing special. Tell me all. one thing that's bad about the flying in combat. Bad. It's not bad. It's not, it's just,
1: it doesn't matter, is what it I'm saying. It doesn't
0: matter. No. It
1: changes the whole game.
0: You're no, not running around for 20 hours trying to get to the next mission.
1: I don't don't understand where you're getting that from.
0: Watch it right now. It would take you an hour to walk as far as he's flying in like 10 seconds. And the best part about it is you think there's nothing down there, but then when you land over what you think is flyover country, there's stuff all over the place. But
1: uh, I've played games where I can fly before. What? Like like Iron Man and Xenoblade Chronicles X. And Dude,
0: there's, they're, they're, those there's, are I mean,
1: shadows of this. Shadows. You've never played Xenoblade Chronicles. Yet. I have played it's it. a I, way I better. Did, I will
0: admit I did not get to the part where the mech flies. Well, or that's because mech it's flies. like
1: 40 hours. Right. I mean,
0: My point is, a lot of people didn't I have see a that. hard time believing that those controls feel as good as this. I really I don't do. know if
1: the controls feel quite as good, but I had This a is sublime better, to me. I had a much better feeling of exploring an alien environment In a mech suit than I do in this. Like I think the world is close on this, and it's prettier, obviously. Because I'm not even talking about like
0: the world. I'm talking about what it feels like to leave the ground, thrust into the air, fly and soar through the air, fight while you're in the air, and then land in a satisfying massive thud. This game, no game, does this. And look, I'm I'm probably a little biased because I love tribes. And this, to me, is what Tribes 2 should have been. And I think this game would be... I agree with that. And I think this game would be way better if it was just a shooter and was not a loot shooter or a game as a service. If it just had a great Bioware campaign and then had competitive multiplayer where like teams of 10 take on another team of 10, this game would rock people's worlds. For whatever reason, Bioware decided, or maybe EA decided. Yeah, I think It EA has to be a game the as a service, and I think it just totally screwed the whole thing up.
1: Well, see, I don't think it was ever going to be a multiplayer game. Um, uh, maybe it would have been more successful. I wouldn't have bought it, but because um, I don't care about that. Uh, but like, I think you see the vestiges in this game of what was going to be a really great first, you know, a really great single player. Action shooter RPG by Bioware that has been co-opted into the games as a service model, and it just feels so flattened.
0: It reminds me a lot like, of the first Destiny.
1: Yeah, like there's a lot. There is a lot of that to, but it also has this feeling of like.
0: It hasn't quite there's figured little, out. There's
1: little things poking through that you think, okay, look at all this lore they built. Look at these characters they designed. Look at these... A like lot a, of wasted work. Kind of the way the world <laughs> interacts with things and sort of all. Yeah. But in the end, there's not really anything there, yeah. you know? And it feels like it feels like it was built for something else, but in the end, they sort of ended up with this bland... Like, bland isn't even the word. Bland, it, it, just, it feels like like at some point, they're like, everyone, okay, don't get too excited. Just make a destiny and get it out. And I don't and think like,
0: that this design aids in BioWare storytelling. No, not at all. Because I really not did not care about the story in this hardly at all. I like. I, did, I wasn't skipping like all the cutscenes, but I was skipping some of them. I
1: like a lot of the characters, but like they don't do anything. And there's no consequence for anything. And even when they try to fool you with like the the you know the dialogue tree, just you know left or right trigger thing. It, A, doesn't have consequences down the line, of course, yeah. but it also, like, doesn't seem to change the conversation. No, was. it doesn't
0: seem to do anything. Like, I, you get those, like, points towards factions for depending yeah. on your answers, but and that, that ultimately is, like, a multiplier for bonuses when you complete missions, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, it all seems frivolous. Like, I just don't think Bioware is a good match for games as a service. I just don't think the kind of games that they create are good for this style of game. I am shocked at how much I love to play this game though, because to me, BioWare has never been known as a mechanic studio. It's been an aesthetic studio. They're really good at writing. They're really good at plot. Uh, the gameplay has kind of been the, the necessary evil in BioWare's games in the past. It got better as it inched towards Mass Effect 3. I mean, th- to me, the... But the combat and the flight in this is just next level shit. I, and I would love to play some other game in another genre that has that gameplay to it. I would love to
1: play the game you're describing.
0: Um,
1: I, 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 it feels like a mod of Andromeda to me. Um, the flying is the best part.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um,
1: but it doesn't have anything to do with what I'm doing the rest of the time I'm playing. See, I use flight in um, combat all the time. I mean, mean time. I use it once in a while if I need to get away from a group of guys or something, but mo- I'm also I'm playing a storm, which means mostly I'm hovering. Oh, right. Because um, you have that ca- shield when you I hover. I have a shield, and the storm can hover uh, longer than the other classes. Um, so that works. Uh, the only thing I don't like about the storm is, like, if you... Because you can, like, cut the jets and just land, or if you just, like target the ground, you know, if you run in the ground, they do that landing animation, yeah. and like, the ranger does the Iron Man, you know, the ground base. pound, but mine just kind of, she, she kind of teleports back upright and just sort of stands there, it's like, oh, that's not as cool. You, you can change that later. Yeah, I, I don't have the... the stuff unlocked to do and eventually that, yeah. you can but, like,
0: choose what you're landing but animation. all of
1: the all of the storms like landing things are all involving sort of the blink teleport thing it doesn't have the I like the Iron Man three-point landing yeah. thing that the Ranger does and I think that the Colossus does something like that too
0: yep Look, the but, game like, has issues there's no doubt about it I just I, but
1: other than that it's like you know you're doing the same stuff as Andromeda you're The dodge is the same. The gunplay feels pretty similar. And the the shooting was the best part of Andromeda. It's the closest they got to something good. And so it's like, it's not like it's terrible. It's just, you know, again, I don't hate the game. And I I actually find some of the vitriol aimed against it in terms of the actual gameplay to be a little weird. Yeah. Because I feel like it's not bad. It's like, it's just, It's
0: it's just, just, it's, it's it's just very thin. It's this week's target for outrage culture. Every week there has to be something new that everybody has to hate. And everybody has to agree that they all hate. So they can feel like they're a part of a team as they all pile on to something. Yeah, but like, I think
1: they're kind of right on this one for the most part. It's very thin. There's nothing, there's no substance there beyond, like, the really base gameplay idea I guess
0: I just compare it in that sense to other games as a service, and it just feels like the same damn thing to me, which is why I don't like games as a service.
1: Well, I just, well, see, because, like, I guess you're feeling that because of, you, you, you like the gameplay way better than anyone else I know, and, like, Part of my thing with this is, like, if it was as tight and snappy as Destiny, I would like this a lot more and probably forgive it its flaw- forgive it its, the flaws easier, but it isn't. It feels like playing Mass Effect Andromeda again, and I didn't particularly enjoy that for a very long time. Uh, and adding the ability, the traversal, and the ability to kind of, like, be as agile as you are, especially as the Storm and the Interceptor is great. I, I play as and the Ranger. Helps. I don't even play um, as the small guys. But, like... Like, and the But just the fact that you're doing the same thing over and over again so early on already, I mean, I'm not as far as you are.
0: I'm pretty um, much at the end. I played it for like 30 hours at this point. Uh, but or it's more, like, But already
1: I'm hitting the point where I'm just like, God,
0: I'm, I don't I mean, but care. that was the same problem with Destiny. It's the same shit. It's like, go here, kill all these dudes. Go here, protect this guy for five minutes while a meteor goes. It's all the same crap. Games as a service, all the freaking same. Why I like this one is because you fly. It, to me, that changes everything. It changes every skirmish, every every combat sequence that you go through. It's, it just fundamentally changes it. And it's like I'm watching myself fly over all this territory that in all these other games I would be plodding along at like half a mile an hour fighting all these grunts. Like I love it. I love being able to come to the aid of my teammates like that. Like you, someone's like, I'm in trouble. Zip! I fly over there, and I've got his back. Like right away, it changes everything. I don't understand how you or everyone else can't see that being able to fly it changes. It does. It absolutely it's just, does. It's just
1: faster travel. It's like I mean, yeah, the sparrows don't fly in Destiny, but you're still speeding over to somebody, and it means the same thing. It's
0: not the same thing. It is the same. thing. It's you flying. Okay, then what's the difference between Iron Man and some superhero fly who drives around in a car? Because the, Does the car fly? I gotcha. Does the I car gotcha. fly?
1: No. no. You didn't get me on anything. I,
0: Traversal's traversal.
1: It doesn't matter. I mean, I play Lego games where you fly around as Iron Man all the time. If traversal
0: too. doesn't matter, that's a crazy statement. Traversal doesn't matter. That makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, you could be
1: riding a pedal copter that moves the same speed. I mean, it's it's appealing to me to fly around. Well, if there was a, a pedal copter, like I'd
0: like it too. As long as I got to move around that quickly and that agilely and felt like I had that much control over it. But I, I don't, don't care if it's a pedal car, a mech suit, or a pair of wings made out of bed sheets. I don't care. The fact of the matter is, you can do it in this game, and you can't do it in the other ones. It's a huge thing. And I hope to God that this mechanic doesn't go away and that BioWare makes a real game with it. Because this game... I don't don't think
1: flying is going away, no. Um, No game's
0: done it, though. I mean, why have you... You've never
1: flown in a video game before? Not like this? It's not that different from flying as Iron Man in a Lego game. It's... (laughs) Really? Yeah. Come on, man. I just played through Lego Marvel Super Heroes, and I was (laughs) doing this all the time.
0: Look, I agree it has the boring same old objectives just like every other game as a service i agree that the stories i wouldn't call it crap but i would say it's m- not terrible it's not no. especially interesting but it also
1: doesn't hook you early yeah like it doesn't do anything to make you it interested doesn't do in this much world. late
0: either to be honest with you no like, but like early on
1: i i, I haven't found re- the reason to care about this world yet
0: you know what i mean i'd agree with that i, I don't either but when after that level is loaded in And until I kill that last enemy, I love this game.
1: The one thing I will agree with you on is I think the free roam gameplay is the star of the show. Yep. I think that is what
0: people, and I I mentioned that before we recorded. I didn't say it on the show. But yeah, so the free roam in this game is like Destiny. You just go into a big, because I saw a lot of people complaining. It's supposed to be an open world game, and it's not. If you go to free roam, it is. Yeah, you're in a big open a, world. It's a mingle
1: player, like I mean, it's only like four people, but like And
0: stuff just randomly pops up yeah. and there's events. World like events 2 and the did. same you know,
1: yeah. Weird bosses pop up and you get loot for it. I mean it's it's a much more immediately satisfying way to play than yeah. playing the kind of the, the droning missions with the same And If you're objectives looking for the again. open
0: world experience, that's that's where it is. Yeah. And the campaign, much to my chagrin, forces you to do this. So <laughs> Here's another problem I have with the game is the progression in the game is not very clear what you need to do, like what's a main quest? What's a side quest? What do you need to do to keep the main quest going? So I got to this one point where missions just kept popping up and I just kept completing them. Mm -hmm. And then it got to where there weren't any more. There was no one else to talk to. There was no other icons. I'm like, what the F is going on? Like I haven't finished the game. And then I started digging through the menus and it turns out there's a certain point in a campaign where you have to go to the free roam mode. And there's a set of like four or five missions that you have to complete in free roam before you can pick up and start the campaign again. So I literally finished every single side mission, which if you know me, I complete 30% of side missions Mm -hmm. usually. I completed all of them in this game and then realized I needed to go to free roam to complete those and then started back up with the campaign after that again. So it's a little confusing. If you feel like you're starting to do really petty mission objectives, check out free roam. It probably means that you need to go in there and complete those few quests so you can get on with the main campaign again. But hmm. I have plenty of complaints about this game. I just think the the actual gameplay is some of the best I've experienced in a really long time. And I just feel like it got wasted and and I agree with what Pactor said. The game should have been delayed six months. Mm-hmm. It probably would its review average probably would have went up like ten points. Like
1: I mean, it'll probably be pretty great in a year. But the question, like Destiny was. Yeah. But the question remains: like, will EA let it live that long? And
0: will the fans give it a chance? It seemed like yeah. it seemed like uh, Destiny players were open to okay, this is kind of a new thing. Like, we'll let Bungie figure it out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if EA just, and have. I think the patience Bioware for that have, kind
1: of. I think the patience for that thing is gone. Yeah, in this I think sub-genre. it might be. It's just like. Yeah. We all know what. Where this, this is headed. Yeah, we know where this is headed. We all know what Destiny did wrong. We all know what you know. These various games that tried to do this did wrong. So why do you keep doing it that way? Yeah. And it really does feel pushed out the door too soon. I mean, if if anything proves that, it's the fact that they didn't have the hard drive loading optimized. Yeah, for bad. eight days before the game officially came out, I mean, it's like that's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I realize good. that can't be like a really huge priority when you're trying to get a game launched, but like the fact that like people were like taking an, a minute to load in the it's that's that's nuts.
0: So EA. Obviously, force this one out before the end of the quarter.
1: And you're still looking at like you know. I think you saw a lot of interviews come out of Dice where people were kind of finally talking about how frostbite is a problem. Yeah, uh, Amy Hennig. We talk- actually
0: talked about this before the show too. Yeah, Matt has has some really good points about frostbite.
1: And like Amy Hennig had, uh, you know, was talking about how like you know when they got there to make their Star Wars game with Vis- with Visceral, like there was no tools to make someone climb over an obstacle in the That's game. That's insane. There was n- they had trouble implementing an inventory. Some, you know, because there were no <laughs> tools to do that. Because, like, no game that right. used it before yeah. they needed that. Yeah. And so And she you know, and she, she said that, like, some, basically, she's like, it was a little frustrating that now that the game got canceled because it's a shared engine among the company. There's people we'll at to EA use their work. who are using the improvements they made to make their games, and they never got to make their game out of it. Yep. Um, but, like, look at, like, as soon as Frostbite comes into the picture with a lot of these other EA developers, like, it all spirals into the ground. Starts to get a crap. Like, like the, um, uh, uh, Danger Close, made that Medal of Honor game, pretty well received, did okay, F- moved into Frostbite, like 50-something on Metacritic, bombed, studio, studio closed. Studio closed. Um, uh, the Army of Two guys, you know, yeah. they made 40th Day, 40th Day did pretty well, they did that sequel, the third one, whose name I can never frickin' Devil's remember. Cartel. Devil's Cartel, uh, they, they, were, they had to use Frostbite for that horrible reviews, bombed, studio closed. Yeah. Um, you know, BioWare, one of the greatest RPG companies around, moves to Frostbite for Andromeda, first like horrible yeah. re- it's it's like every time someone jumps to Frostbite, you know, they Amy-
0: close. Amy Hennig, <laughs> one of the greatest game
1: writers and designers working in this era of video games, yeah. teams up with the guys who made fucking Dead Space. <laughs> I know work on frostbite all goes it's, to oh, hell studio right, closed they, amy they hennig suck, it's, yeah. like, it's, it's like
0: <laughs> what is going on well, and what's like the you, common denominator and all that yeah it's frostbite
1: the the yeah. only the only <laughs> the only common thread of all your unsatisfying relationships is you and in this case <laughs> that's frostbite. you are frostbite and um i mean even in, the, in anthem like you look uh-huh. the first you know the first cutscene before the first kind of tutorial intro mission there's frame rate stutters stutters. it's like how how is that happening in a a cut scene where you're there aren't even that
0: many cutscenes in the game no
1: and the later ones are even better but the first impression is just bad it is yeah i
0: don't get it i don't get it it's it is a little bewildering. Bewildering. again I, i feel like they could have hired one of us to come in there and work with that team for six months and be like just do this 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 and this and you may you may not think the game will be better that way but I guarantee you it will be better received. I mean, I don't which know. Which is really their problem right now with Origin. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I have, have a, people getting the early access to their time, games and ragging
1: them. I have a hard time thinking there weren't people on that team that knew that those knew. things. Yeah, but You're right. I don't think you get to make that call yeah. in that environment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I you know, it, it I still I don't have any proof or any kind of inside info on it, but I play this game and I still feel like there's so much work put into the backstory and the lore and everything, and this is part of BioWare's DNA, but I feel like this was not always supposed to be a Destiny-like.
0: Yeah.
1: I feel like this I think it
0: would have been better as not a Destiny-like. No, for sure. <laughs> I, I think this was supposed to be like a yeah. third
1: franchise in kind of their, you know, their traditional RPG, because if Mass Effect Andromeda can play like that, there's no reason another kind exactly. of RPG can't play like this. Yep. And just, you know, you do the story stuff, but this is how it plays when you're in the field, but you, you it got just sort of permutated and flattened out into this games-as-a-service thing, and here we are now. And I wonder if I wonder if a similar sort of effect was happening with that Star Wars game. They tried to move to Vancouver and eventually just had to back off of it.
0: I wonder, too, if this universe is strong enough to sustain. Uh, again, before yeah, we were recording today, I was talking about how there it's so much of a Me Too IP. It's like the, yeah. the first game is all, it's basically Star Wars just replaced the the Mechs for Jedi's. Yeah. The Mechs have been disowned and discredited, and, and it's your really, job
1: to... it's really unfortunate that the uh, like especially the town looks so much like Destiny. Yeah, like with the banners yeah. and the. Thi- I mean It's, it's hard. It just feels very samey. It feels like something I've seen before all the time. Uh, even that I mean, guy. the game feels <laughs> like it's been focused. It's hell. just Darth Vader in a mech suit. Like, I yeah. Mean, it's. I, I I and like some of the characters I like some of the stuff uh, didn't you, and didn't you, did you say that the, the missions that are in the demo are not in the game? Yeah. Yeah. Like that was a that was, that was a pretty involved series of missions.
0: Yep. And I've not seen it. Weird. Yeah. Very weird. Hmm. <laughs> so there you go. Those are our final also, takes on Anthem.
1: Also in the in the whole Frostbite thing, note that um, respawn is using the Unreal Engine four for Jedi Fallen Order.
0: Yep. Not using Frostbite. Re-
1: Respawn don't want a piece of that And they have all.
0: the cache to be able to say, yeah. F you, we're not going to use it. And if Respawn doesn't want to use your engine, no. Spe- maybe it's time especially to Especially in the wake of Apex, uh, yeah.
1: which also does not use right. Frostbite.
0: Yep. And that uses their old Source engine, right? Yeah,
1: that uses yep. the highly modified Source engine yep. that the Falls run on.
0: So there you go. That's Anthem. Uh, we Maybe we'll talk about it again if they put out DLC or they make significant changes. Who knows? Um, I guess I would say my final take is that it's not as bad as people would lead you to believe it is. I think if you put a huge, say, your game eval ratings, if you have story cranked up really high, I would steer clear. Uh, this mm-hmm. is really, I think, a game that will appeal more to people who just really like to play games yeah, and it, like new interesting mechanics. It's
1: definitely not something that your Bioware fandom is going to be able nope. to carry you through. Yep. it's not. It doesn't give you that Agreed, experience a very well.
0: But it's also nowhere near as bad as a lot of people are making it out to be. No, I think a lot including of Including some of the people on Sifted who gave, were giving out bad information about this game. I
1: think a lot of the vitriol just comes from, A, people don't like this format of yeah. game. And also, like, it just feels like so many of the problems are repeat, repeat themselves every time someone puts one of these things out. That it's like, at what point can you just let these things bake long enough that they don't launch as a mess?
0: I think for some people, too, it's like, That's two swings and a miss for Bioware in a row. Oh, yeah. And I think there's... Bioware has hardcore fans. And uh, I think a lot of those people are feeling a little betrayed and... They're starting to feel like they're losing one of their good friends who's made great mm-hmm. games for them all these years. They're not making the games that they want them to make anymore. I think there's just a lot that goes into it. And ultimately, the game is not perfect. It is not a game that deserves like a nine or higher. It just no. doesn't. So I think you add all that stuff up and it just turns into a big old shitstorm. And yeah. that's what we And again,
1: got. I don't hate it. Like, I feel like it'll be, I, there's a good game in there somewhere. Yeah. I don't know if you can I pull I think it, it could out.
0: easily be or turn into a really good game.
1: But like, it, But it's going to take like work work but it also I mean we also it takes an over it would take an overhaul on the level of like what happened like Warframe yeah you know like and it's there it can be done yep. but is EA gonna want to do that or move on to its next money-making scheme well yeah.
0: if they keep doing this there aren't gonna be any more money-making schemes yeah. that's the problem so I think EA needs to start looking at things a little more long term I mean the the amount of money they would have made if they delayed this by six months and got everything ironed out and running smooth <clears throat> They could have made way more money doing that than, oh, let's just move on and release another one that's going to make, you know, we're going to sell 5 million of or whatever. It's mm-hmm. uh, I just think EA is being very short-sighted, which is weird, uh, because it wasn't that way when sort of applying... Respawn to his catalog sort of but I mean they do that like they the short-sightedness crops up after a
1: couple of entries from the the Company they bought and all of a sudden they take them out back and shoot them shoot in the them, head Yeah, you know? I mean look at like what what, what are you thinking <laughs> when you when you? Uh, dismantle pandemic like yeah I mean, you, like They you, didn't even make a bad game. They made a game that didn't sell, but they didn't make a bad... It's yeah, like, why, would you, why wouldn't you still want that company that
0: in your talent, stable? That talent. Yeah, yeah, like, why are you throwing
1: that away I over mean, and over and over again? I think about
0: how you would have to try to destroy BioWare. Yeah. But that's kind of where we're getting there. right now. Yeah. I know,
1: it's crazy. God knows what's happened with Dragon Age. Uh,
0: yeah, I know. I think that's a big part of it, is that we're all watching BioWare dissolve before our very eyes. And yeah. I think everybody is reacting to it in a different way. I think everyone's lashing out a little bit because we're all pissed off about it, but I think everyone's doing it differently. Some people are saying this game sucks and this game's a piece of trash. Some people are directing their ire at EA kind of the way we are. I think everyone's just kind of scrambling to be like, you can't do this. You can't destroy BioWare. Mm -hmm. First of all, it should be impossible. They should be bulletproof, but you're proving that they're not. And it's scary. It's like, I understand why people are freaking out, but I do not think you should take it out on the quality or lack thereof of Anthem, albeit the fact that it's not, even by my estimation, it's nowhere near where my expectations were. Mm -hmm. So- I
1: mean, I I can't believe I picked this thing first. Yeah, I I
0: did in our other Sifted League. Like, actually, no, I didn't. People passed on it. And then I got it with like the third or fourth pick, and I was like, Anthem, third or fourth? Hell yeah.
1: Yeah, I, th- I just
0: thought... Not so good now, though. I, just th- I So much seemed to be riding on this, I just thought that they would pull You'd it think off. that they would have to! It's crazy. And this was BioWare's A-Team. That was really what sold me on it. It's like, okay, Andromeda was kind of schluffed off to their B-Squad. This is BioWare.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. You can only do so much against the machine. You
0: can. That's true. All right, let's move on to our Trailer of the Week. We got some requests for Trailer of the Week this week. People wanted us to show the new Detective Pikachu uh, movie trailer, which is amazing, by the way. Yeah. I never dreamed I'd be excited about that movie, but I am somehow. Uh, you should check it out. It's on <laughs> Sifted if you want to watch it. Uh, but the last time we ran a Detective Pikachu trailer in Game Face, like it, we had huge problems. So uh, copyright strikes and all that, we decided not to run it. Instead, we're going to run the debut trailer for HoloLens 2. Let's go. Thank <music> you. There you go, thirty-five hundred dollars a headset. I'll I'll use my friends. <laughs> You're not going to be using this, friends. No. Do you think th- so that the first Hololens never really was a consumer product? No. It was all for classrooms and things like that. It appears that Hololens two is going to be the same thing, mm. albeit on a pretty incredible scale. Like that's like society-changing stuff there.
1: Yeah, you're looking at kind of an early cell phone idea yeah. here. It, know, like.
0: This isn't like, I'm sure people are bummed. This is a video game podcast. You are like, oh, you know, they're not going to make games for it. They're probably right. But, yeah, man, the, the tech overall, will get there
1: eventually, and you will play games on it. It's just, yeah. you know, it, it, it takes a while.
0: Well, I, I think you see in that trailer, the applications have far bigger implications than playing a video game. Right. Like, the, it's gonna it could change, like, a lot of important parts of our society. Yeah,
1: but it's like a smartphone. It's like yeah. the you know the it, you can play games on it, but you know the other things it does is what you know altered how everybody lives their daily lives and yeah in the Western world basically.
0: That's definitely gonna have to be a lot cheaper before it alters anyone's daily life. <laughs> Thirty yeah. five hundred bucks, it's not a consumer price product. No, but
1: it's only three and a half iPhones.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. I guess at this point you're right. <laughs> but for our purposes, obviously there's not you know they no. showed the whole Minecraft thing that never came to fruition. It's like. I think Microsoft, even with HoloLens 2, is we're not even going to bother like pushing this to like. And you still look. I
1: mean, that the the trailer still doesn't quite. It's improved on the HoloLens, too. It's like the field of view is not what you think it is yeah. when you put that thing. Like, the field of view used to be, like, 30%. Yeah. I think it's a little more. I think Magic
0: now. Leap got to, like, 40, and they were, yeah. like, celebrating. It's yeah. like.
1: <laughs> That's one of the big. It's like, you know, you're, you're seeing everybody, like, you know, do this whole state. Like, you know, so you'd be able to see, like, part of it. No, the you're, you're literally like, going yeah. like this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you're yeah. not going like this. You're going like this. So. Yeah. All right. Let's get to some questions. Um. Uh, EOTL e- Gaming, you remember from the last episode, we asked everybody to wait till the end of the show to subscribe via Twitch Prime so we could thank you guys. Uh, so, EOTL e- Gaming, thank you very much for subscribing with Twitch Prime. Lots of questions in here. Any of you other guys sitting there waiting, send them now so we can thank you right on the air. Uh, w. Matthew, got to answer one of his every time. What game in a franchise is your favorite? That is an unpopular choice. For me, Mega Man Battle Network is my favorite Mega Man subseries. Dark Souls 2 is my favorite Souls game. Fight me. I don't know if I have any other controversial that are my favorites. Mm. Mm. No, maybe. Halo 3 is my favorite Halo. Is that controversial? I don't think so. No. Huh. My
1: favorite Halo is ODST. That's probably a little weird.
0: Yeah, that's a little gets the green.
1: I don't think that would start a fight so much as just someone would go, all right, yeah this one isn't my but dark when you say dark souls 2 is your favorite dark souls game like people throw knives at you yeah it's 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 a it's widely disliked
0: my other example it isn't my favorite game in the series but it is a game in the series that i like that a lot of people other hate and that's super mario sunshine Hmm. um it's not my favorite but i really really like it and a lot of people hate it so Mm -hmm. i guess that's one where i kind of am against the grain a little bit
1: i think sonic the hedgehog peaked with the first game and most people think Sonic Two is the best, so that's hmm. a little offbeat, I guess. Yeah,
0: I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can see an argument for both games.
1: Yeah, but I just, I feel like Sonic One. It, it, it continued. There's series. A continually went, went off into a different direction after yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, I think they nailed it with the first one and have sort of strayed ever since. Um. I'm
0: trying to think. I think I that might know. be it for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I mean, generally, there's a reason most people hate or yeah, love like, something. Yeah. More
1: commonly, my 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 favorites tend to be pretty in alignment, but the games I don't like, I, I there's a lot of games that people praise to the high heavens that I don't think are very good. Yeah. Which is a different question. Yeah. But things I love that other people hate, um, Dark Souls Two is the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, there's probably some fighting games that you could have that argument over, but I don't know. Um, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting idea. It's, it's a positive spin on the whole, like, what do you hate that everybody
0: loves question. Uh, Majora Tom 91 given that development tools have become more de- democratized, uh, does it even make sense for companies to still make their own proprietary tools given the investment required to build the engine and tools? No.
1: Uh, it depends who <laughs> you are, I think. I just think um, no, in general. I think Ubisoft would disagree with you. Like, they've got tons Tons of, of what? Uh,
0: their own engines and tools.
1: Yeah, like all the different. They've got what uh, Dunia and they've got Snowdrop, and they've got uh, at least Anvil. They've- Anvil. They've got, I mean, there's a lot of them, uh, and they all seem to work. They do. together pretty well, and yeah. it, you know they don't seem to have a lot of pipeline issues, and like you know, so Ubisoft kind of proves it can work, but like maybe it work, sorta, but maybe it's sort of the exception that proves the rule.
0: I'll put it to you this way: if he had prefaced that by saying, "Hey," I'm about to start my own development studio. What should I do? I would say absolutely go with middleware tools. Like, do not build your own engine. Yeah, I mean... Nine times out of ten, it ends up looking worse and running worse. And having that same look to it. You can always
1: tell Frostbite game. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, so... Yeah, I would... uh, Yeah, if you're not a giant multinational global game publisher, probably don't build your own. Yeah, not a
0: good idea. And even then. Yep. Uh, Jay Reed Vic 7 it seems like games especially tent poles are increasingly moving away from what games have tr- traditionally been a compilation of best of moments uh, deemed to be most fun and moving towards more systems system driven and simulation style experience your questions are always the longest Reed Vic. what is the future of fun <laughs> maybe you should have wrote that at first uh, not being the primary seller of many games in 2019
1: I don't know if I understand that question. Yeah, I don't know what moving away from what games have traditionally been means. Yeah, really. like games are games still. Like maybe he's talking about games as a service. Or, I don't think so. That sounds like games more of that a, live on
0: for a long time. It
1: sounds like the same complaint I've been seeing from people since the letters pages of nineteen eighty nine mag- game magazines, where they're talking about how Super Mario Brothers is creatively bankrupt and nothing's, everything's just a clone of Mario now, and like this, this is the end of the game industry right, because right. like there's no creativity anymore and all the <laughs> that, good that, games have already been made. Like there's people writing the, there were people writing those letters in before Tetris came out. Yeah, it's just like I know. It was people that thought once the Sinclair ended, like that was the end of video games. It was just it was a weird. It, it, people have always worried that the current crop of video games are not the right ones, or they're changing what fun means, or they're. It's it's always just it, it never it, it's never what happened.
0: <laughs> uh, Super Cordon Blue, you must have just tuned into the show. Because his he's, he's question is, what do you make of all the Nintendo Switch and Microsoft Xbox rumors? Game Pass Live. It, we talk about all that. So you have to watch in the archive. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one from Vincent. Tiny2K donated $50 in bits. Oh. And are you freaking kidding me, dude? Thank you, man. Holy crap. I hope next time you guys can save all this stuff for the end. I know it's hard. Some of you guys can't stay for the whole show. But I hope if you can, that next time you'll save it for the end. Because... That's incredible. And uh, I would love to recognize you as you do that. I hope you're still even in the chat. I hope you haven't left Tiny2K. Um, you're awesome. Thank you so so much. I'm wondering what part of the show decided to uh, give us those bits. I'll have to scroll back up through it and check it out.
1: I bet it was when you were screaming about flying. Probably. <laughs>
0: a, me, like, earn me dollars. earn fifty dollars. <laughs> uh what I, my two dollars. <laughs> People can tell when it's real. Congrim1, um, what are your thoughts on THQ Nordic's PR choice of using 8chan as an AMA platform? <laughs> well, there's unforced errors,
1: and then there's that. Wow.
0: How does that guy still have a job?
1: Good. How does anyone on that anyone PR there? team... Anyone has, who
0: made that decision, how do they still have a job? Like, he should have just... Instead of going on Twitter and being like, I was completely ignorant, you should have just been like, I quit. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can't, You'll never find me.
0: <laughs> I'm out of here. If they won't fire me, I'm firing myself because that was one of the dumbest things a PR person could ever do.
1: Astounding.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> and, and no like, surprise
0: that it ended up going
1: awfully. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> what well also like, it's like, what's is there is there a better there where it's like, oh, did you not know what you're doing? Did you know what you're doing and you lied about it? <laughs> did you did you suddenly realize where you were and just and you, like you didn't know what to do and you just sort of froze up and kept going? Like yeah, I don't know, like there's did. no wow. Like imagine being so bad at PR that you have to write a, a message s- a clarifying that you do not support white supremacy. Yeah, I know. Like <laughs> imagine. Like, what have you done today yeah. like, uh, that you are in that situation yeah. now? It's amazing. I think we
0: answered your question. I think you know how we feel about that. Yeah, that, that was some embarrassing stuff right there, man. Holy crap. Uh. Uh. <laughs> uh. And they
1: were doing so well, THQ Nordic.
0: They were. They're, they're <laughs> buying studios left and right. Yeah, they like have like 50 games in development. Budgeting
1: stuff right. You know, Darksiders 3 broke even. Like, they were, they were yeah, oof. time to clean house folks
0: Uh, now they're saying tiny 2k gave us a hundred bucks what's the right answer either way holy cow thank you thank you thank you so much man really really appreciate it i would love to know if you're on sifted what your screen name is on sifted so i could thank you personally uh you can send me a dm just at shane on sifted i would love to know uh what your name is on on the site thank you um joaquin dragoon are you surprised at the rhetoric that gamers have been saying regarding an article from kotaku about writing about race and gaming i don't even want to talk about this i'm not surprised uh
1: but, oh but i have uh let's say a less than stellar opinion of what most people have their opinion about that thing a lot of a lot of mm-mm.
0: as the owner and founder of sifted.net My most depressing day ever on the website was when I read the comments for this article on Sifted. Bar down, no comparison, the most depressing and sad thing I've ever read on a webpage at sifted.net. Not just the comments, but the one-ups that some of those comments got.
1: Yeah. Not a good look, kids. Hmm
0: yeah but still, I'm, I'm still mulling over some of that stuff some of those comments some of you people that made those comments you're not out of the woods yet i'll tell you that i've been stewing over this long and hard and some of y'all maybe getting the band hammer so i wouldn't rest on but your laurels just where will yet. we get the
1: nuanced hot takes about racial
0: equality from white men disgusting it was gross the worst day on sifted since it launched all right. And that includes
1: the time Marcus didn't show up.
0: Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, for E3. That includes when Marcus bailed on E3. <laughs> the day before <laughs> E3. Or the morning of E3, yeah. it actually was. It wasn't even the day before. No, I was literally like sitting like, I don't think he's coming. Yeah. And then he didn't. No. Uh, okay, I think that's it for questions. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, Okay, so they're saying that it was 5,000 bits, which is $50. Whatever. You give us a dollar in bits, we're going to be thankful. So 50 over the moon. Please reach out to me on the site. Um, But anyway, we're going to wrap up Game phase 158. Before we go, don't forget, tomorrow, the beginning of a new dawn for Sifted. Our brand new patreon launches hope you guys check it out hope maybe you can find some uh some rewards and tiers. maybe you'll bump up or maybe you'll just become a patron for the very first time Uh, we took all your input into account before setting all this stuff up so i hope you guys are ultimately very happy with it those of you guys who watch the show on youtube go to our patreon kick us a dollar a month it's a dollar a month but it would make a world of difference for us you won't even notice it being deducted from your bank account i promise Um, And that would be awesome. If not, if you can't do that, Twitch Prime is there. The directions are down below. It literally takes one minute to give us 250 If you like Game Face, if you like Pactor Factor, help some brothers out. That's all we ask. So thanks to everybody on the stream. You guys were great. Great questions at the end. Thanks for hanging out with us. Game Face is up and out.